everyone to the podcast of thrills, chills, and big ass dicks. That does not rhyme with the first two. It things. didn't have to. <laughs> you Welcome, to fi- real aggro right now. <laughs> it didn't have to. Um, welcome, fiction-deprived losers, to Bros Damn. Before Pros. Two prompts, three stories, infinite laughs, or your not money back. No refunds. No refunds, bitches. Um, send money. <laughs> send it, but it's not going backwards. Money, please. <laughs> money, please. I'm Rich Masters, and as always, with me are my co-bro pros hosts. Oh. Josh Henderson. What's up? And, and Jeff Pennington. I like that. I like co-bros, pros, uh, uh, <laughs> Say that two Pose. times in any order. There you go. <laughs> uh, this week, we are talking nemeses and gems. Oh, uh, yeah. We're talking Sega gemeses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had fun with these uh, prompts. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, really liked specifically. Oh no, both of them were really good. Like sometimes I get the get the prompts and I'm like, oh fucking hell, what am I gonna do? Like with this? when it's frogs. But but genuinely, frogs socks. and socks get like were <laughs> really good prompts. I know we thought they were gonna be bad, but they ended up really good. Um, well, that's because we're great and awesome. That is, that's that's true. true. That's true. It's not the prompts. It's definitely not it's the prompts. Us. Yeah. It's us. We we spin straw into gold, into linguistic gold, mm, gold booties. We're we're three beautiful Rumpelstiltskins. Yep. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin. Nice. That's um, a shirt. <laughs> uh, Josh, you yeah. have the privilege of uh, not having a terribly sore throat at the end of the night because you're going first. Okay, well, I've been taking Sudafed for two weeks straight, Ooh. so let's do this. Let's see how that Not goes. recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Makes my skin crawl. Mm, perhaps there's something my, in there. Yeah, it's uh, not good. My episode <laughs> is called Butt Babies. <laughs> Butt no. babies, they make your dreams come true. Come true. <laughs> Uh, I hate naming these, by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm really bad at naming these. Oh, no. That was great. No okay, notes. Okay, thanks. Thank, thank you, Rich. <laughs> I'll remember that you said that. Oh, Jeff. I, I, damn. I knew it was <laughs> headed in that direction. I was like, how do I save this before I get here? <laughs> it's too late. That's <laughs> uh, fine. The realm of Darnos can make you rich or it can make you a bitch. Well, it's kill or be killed out there, like a Game of Thrones episode during a, the mid-run of the show when it was good and the hound was just going around <laughs> killing who the fuck ever, and then the show got all bad and someone got fired probably for no reason. Wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> I couldn't possibly say what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, right. Darinos. <laughs> this place is either going to make you three your jeans or two yourself when your corpse hits the ground and all the poop in your butt flies out of your body because you have no muscle control anymore as your brain signals dim out into the great void. Oh, God, if only. <laughs> Too real. Yes. 
But all around there is magic. <laughs> you mean the magic poop mancy isn't magic? <laughs> Fecal mancy is the name. Oh, Rich. okay, okay. Sorry. Fecal mancy. Add that to the wiki. <laughs> Shared it. Oh, no. <laughs> like when you eat a peanut butter sandwich and the rest of the day you smell like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Or like mustard if you had a hot dog and it got on your hand. They don't make water hot enough to get rid of that smell. Even in the smallest of creatures, magic can be found. Heroes of all sizes, mostly going unnoticed by the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Derek! (laughs) Yelled a matronly voice from across the woods. Derek, it's supper, sweetheart! (laughs) Dropping an acorn, Derek the Merc Monk scurried across a fallen log and did a front flip off of it, landing on his feet. In his hand, he waved a small stick. Avast ye, uh, scallywag barnacles. Yeah, that's it. Avast, you will never get my nuts. <laughs> Derek said as he parried and reposted against his imaginary foe. With a final thrust, he slew his adversary and raised his acorn above his head in triumph. Derek, come on, sweet baby cakes, mama's baby boy. His mother yelled again. <laughs> The birds above chirped and sang like some kind of lame-ass Disney film as Disney scurried his way home. He climbed the tree that he had known as his home his entire life and saw his father sitting on the porch smoking a tiny pipe of Darinosian dube. Are you winning, son? His father asked. (laughs) As Derek hurried through... His father asked as, as Derek hurried through the little wooden door on the side of the tree. I killed a pirate and then I found an acorn. I'll have to go back to get it tomorrow. Uh, I'm ready to help out with the nut gathering this year, Papa, he said enthusiastically. Well, I don't know if you're ready for that much responsibility, but I'm sure your mother and I can find something for you to do to help out. Derek nodded, then headed into the tiny Merc Monk-sized bathroom to wash his paws in the tiny Merc Monk-sized sink. Aww. Yeah. Merc monks invented running water. You don't think they could? The fucking Romans had all kinds of shit like running water and even vending machines. And Mm -hmm. those fuckers thought sticking a banana peel up your cooter would prevent pregnancy. (laughs) Spoiler, it does. Maybe they thought that the jizz would slip on the peel on its way up to the uterus. (laughs) Either way, do not stick a banana peel up any hole in your body. It can cause sepsis and you will smell like a bag of old unwanted Halloween candy. True, true. I imagined so that the I imagined that the jizz is like going in a circle, like when you slip on a banana in Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it does that never-ending slip where it just slide you slide across the floor, and then like you go across the screen and show up on the other side of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how it keeps you from getting pregnant. You just that's go on I'm and saying. off the screen forever. Yeah, perpetual motion engine. Yeah, yeah. Infin- infinitely. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) where was I? Okay, here we go. (laughs) Mom, did you ever have that I stuck a banana peel up my cooter feeling? A commercial on the all-sea ball set as Derek entered the living room. His mother was in the kitchen. His mother was in the kitchen cooking acorn cobs. Oh, that's genius. (laughs) Derek's favorite summer treat. Soon the family of three was sitting around the tiny table, munching hard on their tiny food. Derek, 
I'm gonna need you to go into town tomorrow and sell some of these acorns for other acorns, his mom said. <laughs> Your father and I know how much you want to help out with things around here. Since the acorns are both what we eat and our money, we figured it wouldn't be too confusing for your little kid brain. <laughs> Aw, gee, Mom, tomorrow, Derek said, rolling his eyes, I was gonna head over to Wet, Lodge ba Wet Log Barracks with Squeak to watch the Merc Knights practice fighting. Derek, his father said, patting him on the head. You said you wanted to help. If you ever want to be a Merc Knight, you must first learn to help your parents. Do what your mother says so I don't have to hear about it later. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Derek lay in his straw bed. He dreamt of riches and bitches. He dreamt of being a world-famous knight covered in gold and jewels as Merc Monk ladies bathed him and picked lice off of his golden red fur. Oh. Fuck, I'm gonna be so cool, he murmured in his sleep. <laughs> and then he probably had a wet dream, or at least woke up with his tail as rigid as the silver bridge right before it collapsed. <laughs> too, too soon? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Know your audience. I, I am saluting. <laughs> the the Mothman tried to warn us. He tried so hard. Nobody listened to him. Damn you, Richard Gere! He was on the top going, "Hey, this bridge sucks." <laughs> the next day, uh, where am I at here? Whoops. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, too soon. Uh, sure hope that Hatman doesn't visit me tonight. Narrator slowly unzips pants. <laughs> The next day, Derek awoke to the sound of those damn birds chirping, and it was magical as all fucking shit. He grabbed his favorite stick and cloak made out of an old piece of a paladin's cloak and headed to the kitchen. Remember, Derek, his mother warned, trade these acorns for money acorns. Don't let them swindle you and watch out for rats. If you see a rat, run straight home. Yeah, yeah, my, I got it. He sighed, then swung his stick around, pretending to fight a rat. This is racist. Derek made his way out of the porch, his father... <laughs> was already sitting on the chair, relaxing, sipping his acorn coffee. <laughs> Good careful luck, son, he said. What? Go I was going to say, careful if those rats have guns. <laughs> you you oh. just wait. Oh, no. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, son, he said proudly. With only a nod, Derek scurried <laughs> down the tree off to his first adventure. They grow up so fast, his father said to himself. <laughs> Just then, the annoying neighbor Clarence started up his moss mower and began to mow. <laughs> For the love of God, Clarence, it's 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Can you at least wait until my morning wood goes down before you start mowing your damn precious moss? Oh, Fucking wow. Clarence, somebody could be writing a recording of podcast right now this very moment. Have a little perspective, you ding-dang nutless fool. Wow, that got way too real. <laughs> Uh, I don't see how that applies to my no. life, to be honest. <laughs> Derek quickly made his way to a trail that was used by the humans and followed carefully alongside it. He whistled joyfully as he saw the edge of Grawl up ahead. There, there he would trade his acorns for other money acorns. <laughs> if you think that concept is ridiculous, think about what it is you do for a living. Uh -huh. You're doing an imaginary job for imaginary non-physical number that you use to pay imaginary bills with. Yeah. Think about it. I dare you. You won't do it. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> hey, Derek! A friendly voice rang through the woods and nearly scared the piss poop and jizz out of him. 
Oh, hey, Squeak, Derek said, composing himself. Squeak was his best friend. She was smaller than Derek and wore a newsboy hat that fell off of a Blargby dog. <laughs> Sometimes I forget I write stuff. <laughs> she was a bit of a tomboy, but she was always there for Derek. Going to the market for your mom, huh? She said as she let out an impressed whistle. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, want to come with me? Then we can go watch the Mark Knights. Nah, I can't. I'm not allowed in the Grawl yet, she said disappointedly. My mom says, and I quote, if it's like if Las Vegas had a baby and the red light district had an open relationship with a sewage plant and they had a <laughs> butt baby, but they didn't know who the father was, the sewage plant or the red light district. Whatever that means. <laughs> Good memory. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, a glint of something hit Derek's eye. Look over there, Squeak, he said, pointing into the woods. The two rushed over and cleared away through the, br- the brush. Whoa, Squeak said, shocked. What is that? I don't know. It's like some kind of gem? <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> ding. There before them stood a bright red ruby the size of a tennis ball. Do you know how rich we are, Derek said, grabbing Squeak and hugging her. <laughs> We can be knights, and we can swashbuckle, and you can pick the lice off of me. Wait, what? Squeak said, stopping in mid-hug. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Forget it, he stammered, covering his ass quickly. We can sell this thing at the market and be wealthy. Yeah, but... Squeak looked down. I, can, I can't go to the market with you, remember? The butt baby in the red light district, and yada yada. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Squeak, Derek said, re- reassured her. I'll go and I'll come back home and we'll be rich and famous. And then we can get Merc married, he said, that last part under his breath. <laughs> what, what was that last part? Squeak said with his mouth. Nothing, nothing. I just uh, farted really loudly and it sounded like I said something. But I better go now because of how bad the fart smells. I'd hate for you to have to smell this totally not real made up fart that I just farted out right now on my butt. And it was so gnarly that it sounded like I said I wanted to marry you. Flawless. Got it. Stuck the landing. (laughs) Okay, she said, shaking her head. Be careful, (laughs) but don't let any butt babies get you. She said, giving him a kiss on the cheek. Derek Derek turned bright red. He picked up the gem and carried it as best as he could. This thing was huge. Not wanting to look stupid, he pretended that it was a, quote, ain't no thang to carry in front of Squeak. (laughs) Yep. Good thing I do 4,000 tree-ups a day, he said, faking confidently. (laughs) This ain't no thing, as they say. (laughs) As they say. (laughs) Soon Derek made his way to the outskirts of Grawl. All around were merchants and beggars, and even a dogman was humping another dogman. Watch out for butt babies, Derek said to himself. (laughs) Hey, you there, a voice shouted. You with a gem! Derek looked around but saw no one. Down here, boy, the voice said. Looking down, Derek finally saw two yellow beady eyes in a sewer grate. <laughs> he couldn't make out anything other than those piercing eyes. Uh, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, <laughs> Derek said reluctantly as he slowly moved away from the grate. I'm not a stranger, boy. I'm a connoiser of fine jewels. <laughs> And I see you have yourself a whopper of a doozy of a gem. Derek instinctively held tighter onto his treasure. Uh, 
I'm going to sell this at the Merc Market inside the city so I can be a knight and marry my friend who doesn't know I love her, but I secretly do. <laughs> Whoa! A man who knows what he wants in the drive to achieve his goals! The yellow-eyed stranger said, Say, how's about I sell that gem for you for a small fee and you don't even have to go into the city? I don't know, mister, Derek said. I have to go in anyway to trade these acorns. Acorns? I love acorns, the man <laughs> shouted. Acorn on the cob, my favorite dish. <laughs> Me too, Derek said excitedly. Oh, no. no. Not noticing that he was now moving closer to the man in the grate. Say... I'll take a look at this gem, and then you tell me where you live, and I'll hand deliver the acorns myself. <laughs> okay, Derek relented. Oh, Derek. <laughs> but first I have to ask, are you a butt baby? <laughs> <laughs> a what? The man said. What kind of weird-ass, little kid-ass question is that? I mean, no, no, I'm not a butt baby. I am a trustworthy jewelsmith who loves jewels and making fair and totally legitimate deals with children in a non-creepy way. Nope, nothing <laughs> creepy here. Move along, officer, he finished with a nervous chuckle. <laughs> well, okay, here, Derek slowly began to place the gem into the sewer. Now, boys, shouted the yellow eyes. <laughs> Oh, no. Just then, a dozen spiders swarmed around Derek and the jewel. Derek's, Derek won his pants as fast as a virgin threes, and, virgin threes himself on prom night after a dry hump sesh on the laundry room floor. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. So specific. <laughs> the spiders' crackling mandibles chittered against the jewel as they tried to gain purchase on the gem. Derek tried to use his stick to fight them off, but it was too late. The lead spider shot hot white webbing out of his butthole thingy and began to wrap up Derek in a cocoon of warm, sticky death. <laughs> his voice was muffled by the silk web as he shouted for Squeak or the PODs or anyone. <laughs> Even though the streets were bustling, nobody took notice of what went on beneath their feet. To them, it just looked like a bunch of spiders had pissed off a merc monk. <laughs> As Derek's screams got quieter and quieter, yellow eyes sank back into the sewers until it was deathly silent. The only thing that could be heard was the noise of commerce around the square. Mr. Sir Monk! Squeak shouted as she ran up Derek's treehouse. Mr. Sir Monk! Derek! He's in trouble! She panted as she uh, reached the porch. Slow down, Squeak, Derek's father said. What happened? Tell me everything. Squeak told Derek's father everything about how Derek and she had found a giant gem and how he was going to Grawl to sell it, about how there were butt babies in Grawl and how Derek had farted so heinously it made it sound like he <laughs> said he wanted to marry her and how unchucked gastrointestinal is issues can lead to severe buttitis or at the very least, severe stank butt. <laughs> After hearing all this, Derek's father turned to Derek's mother. Wife. Get my sword. <laughs> <laughs> then there was a montage of Derek's father suiting up like an Edgar Wright film with quick zooms and cuts. <laughs> he grabbed his sword, Silk Ripper, which was just the dominant side of a half of a scissors. <laughs> it was named Silk Ripper because of the ease of which it cut through silk. Either that, or it was named as such because of all the silk panties it ruined after hot merc babes saw it. I guess then it would be called Silk Moistener? Or, like, Silk Wetner or something? Either way, chicks lost gallons looking at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Derek's father made his way to the Merc Knight barracks, loaded up with full Merc Knight armor. Captain? One of the cadets said, immediately saluting. Captain, I thought you had retired. My son is in trouble. I need a mount. Now, cadet, said Derek's father. He was once a captain of this guard and well-respected. Probably explains why he doesn't do anything in all day except yell at hooligans. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I'm sorry, but the Crow Brigade is on maneuvers this weekend, the cadet said. But if you hurry up, you can catch them. They're trading their bone-down bluff. (laughs) (laughs) The captain turned and quickly saluted the cadet. Soon the captain found the Crow Brigade training ground. All around were humans and orcs and every big type of person making out. This was Bone Down Bluff, a preferred place for the Crow Brigade to fly around on the backs of their crows and steal shiny objects from big people as they poured fluids into each other's orbits. (laughs) (laughs) We do love doing that. Yep. That's true. (laughs) Lieutenant, the captain commanded. Captain, what, what are you doing here? I need a steed now, the captain barked. I'm sorry, sir, but I can't. They're just taking off to find some shinies, the lieutenant (laughs) stammered. Hey, bro, you looking for a mount? A booming human voice said. Ah, jeez it, we're synced, the lieutenant said as he pissed his (laughs) pants and ran away. Who said that? The captain swung around his sword at the ready. Up here, little guy. The captain looked up to see a human male looking down at him. On his arm was what humans would call a top-choice hottie patati with a booty you'd want a shooty on with your three hoes. <laughs> that old saying. Yep. We do like say we, that a lot. I think it's from the 50s. It's my to say family's that. coat of arms. Damn! <laughs> I want to join your family. <laughs> you... You can understand me? The captain questioned, looking up at this giant of a man. Sure I can, the boy said. I'm a druid. We talk to everyone in nature. Name's Jimmy, by the way. (laughs) The human held out his finger, and the captain grabbed it and shook it. Jimmy laughed as his date began to chew gum and do do her makeup in a small handheld Aussie ball. (laughs) (laughs) So, why the urgency for a mount, Jimmy asked. The captain went on to tell Jimmy what had happened to his son and how he had been captured by butt babies and how his son had farted so a fart so legendary it was like his butt was saying speaking nay his butt was channeling the gods themselves. <laughs> this game a telephone going. <laughs> Jimmy rubbed his chin and without hesitation blew a whistle so magical and musical that if humans could hear it, it would solve all of the world's problems. <laughs> Kids would no longer go hungry, and the ice caps would refreeze, but this time into shapes of butts and dicks and tits for all <laughs> generations to marvel over. Wow. After he was done, a fire falcon screeched its way through the twilight clouds, its red, fiery fe- feathers blazing through the night. It landed next to the captain and nuzzled up against him with his cute Merc Monk chin. This is Screech, Jimmy said. <laughs> <laughs> He's a longtime friend. Now he will serve you in your time of need. He is now your friend. Take care of him. With that, the captain mounted Screech and blazed off into the darkening skies. Now where were we, baby? Jimmy said as he used the same finger he shook the captain's hand with to go back to fingering his date. No! Oh! Jimmy, you nasty Bird bitch. flu! Damn, you're gonna get... <laughs> you <laughs> gonna get infections. Screech landed in the market outside a girl with a scream. 
The market was all but empty as shop owners and flea marketeers had all packed up for the day. A single tumbleweed blew by so so you, the audience, know that it was empty and quiet. I have to put stuff like that in these stories because most people in the flyovers don't get the subtlety of my stories. I literally have to finger bang them with the information. I mean, how droll. <laughs> Screech nudged the captain as he looked over toward the sewer grate. There on the ground was a tattered old piece of a P.O.D.'s cloak. Derek, the captain said, running over to it. He picked up and smelled it, trying to pick up the scent of his son. Ew, he said. Why does my hand smell like a Caesar salad? Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Who writes this shit? (laughs) Oh, man. Last night, last night, Josh told us that he had written the most disgusting thing he'd ever written before. I'm hoping uh, it was that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know. Now you know. <laughs> he put a piece of the cloak into his belt and unsheathed Silk Ripper. He then patted Screech on the beak and said, Stay here, friend. We may need a hasty exit. With that, the captain entered the sewers to save his son. Place the gem onto the pedestal of power, Yellow Eyes said. His eyes gleamed a bright, sickly yellow like piss <laughs> on a hot summer morning after a night of drinking tequila uh. and possibly other people's piss. <laughs> Who knows what was in that bottle Jeremy brought over? Classic Jeremy. <laughs> Dude brought a bottle of piss to a party. <laughs> Sir, what are we going to do with this gem again? A rat said a rat underling. You idiot! <laughs> Yellow Eyes said. That was so Cobra ta- Commander. <laughs> you really idiot! Yellow Eyes said as he slapped the taste out of his underling's mouth so hard, his mama felt it. <laughs> Did you know she always, she it was always so stupid that she put lipstick on her forehead just to make up her mind? Oh my god, a classic in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> As Yellow oh Eyes stepped forward into the light, all could all wait. As Yellow Eyes stepped forward into the light, all could see his glorious abysmalness. On him clung a torn Napoleonic coat. His rat face was scarred and mutilated by battle. But where his legs should be, there was only a thorax of a spider. Hmm. Uh, sorry, General Ratsloff, The rat's <laughs> underling said. <laughs> yeah, put it. No, move it closer to... Yeah, 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 right there. The stairs, yeah, yeah. Don't hit the chandelier with it. Okay, okay, left. Okay, stop, stop. <laughs> the general directed his troops to move the gem with the precision. Only a half rat, half spider general could. <laughs> All around spiders and rats were feasting on the bones of pigeons and bug parts and, like, whatever the fuck else rats eat, people. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a cage hanging over a cooking flame, Derek sat huddled in the corner, trying to avoid the heat. General Ratsalov lurched over to the, to the cage. His lower body seemingly moving faster than his upper body was used to. He ran one of his chitinous legs across the bars of the cage. The ringing from the bars startled Derek as he looked up with tears in his eyes. Why, why are you keeping me here? Just take the jab and let me go, Derek pleaded. <laughs> why? Why? The general began to laugh like a maniac. (laughs) Because we're rats. We do what we want and piss off whoever we want. With this, the entire room of rats began to cheer. The spiders chittered in agreement. 
And with our new spider brethren, we will defeat all of our nemesises. Ne- nemesi? Ding. Nema- Ding. Nemesis? Ding. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> what, what is the plural of that word? <laughs> we love you, General! Shouted a fanboy rat from the back. The general did a wink and a finger guns with his spider leg. <laughs> that was frogs. Those frogs think they're so smart. He went on with no context or prompting whatsoever to this topic. <laughs> like a Republican who just needs to let everyone know, now we're talking about what he wants to talk about. Attention, everyone. Grandpa has something to say. Everyone stop what you're doing and listen to this guy. Give him his platform. Please respect his unvaccinated opinions. <laughs> And if pissing off the Merc Monks is the price we have to pay for keeping this priceless gem, then so be it. We'll go to war with them too! (laughs) As he finished, the room roared with applause. Derek sank back down into a fetal position and cried for his father. Above the cage, the captain was peering into the room through a hole in a pipe. He was furious with adorable rage. (laughs) He could hear... He could hear hot Merc Monk blood pumping in his ears. He gripped Silk Ripper and gritted his teeth. With a rush of adrenaline, he leapt from the pipe above and with a single swing cut through the chain holding up Derek's cage. He then used his momentum in the other hand to swing the cage out of the way of the fire below. Derek hit the ground with a clang and the cage broke open. (laughs) That's my son, you butt baby, he said as he superhero landed in front of Derek. Look, boys, our first Merc Knight, the general said, laughing. Kill him! (laughs) (laughs) With that, that, Spider and Rat alike crowded around the captain like that one scene from Kill Bill with the crazy 88s. (laughs) He held up his sword and saw in the reflection behind him that he was surrounded. Good thing he came here to kill kidnappers and chew acorns, and it looks like he was all out of acorns. With a slash, he cleaved a rat unyieldingly in. He, with a slash, he killed, cleaved a rat underling in twain. The two halves of his body slowly slid apart as the viscosity of his innards gave way. As they hit the ground, a spray of blood shot out and covered everything in rat blood. After a spider, after that, a spider leapt from high above, but the captain dodged artfully out of the way. With a single roundhouse kick, he booted the spider into the fire. It popped and hissed as its exoskeleton began to heat up and boil the spider from the inside. God this caused damn. a nearby rat guy to puke and die from a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else, the captain said smugly, smiling through, his, through a face full of red rat blood. Derek took cover behind a pipe as his father cut his way through everything that didn't have a poofy tail. <laughs> with a clang, his father held up with a clang, his father held up a held up a rat off the ground with one hand. As the captain squeezed the rat's neck, Derek could see his eyes bulging out of his skull until his father's grip caused the rat's head to explode. <laughs> Holy shit, the general said. <laughs> Sitting on his throne, eating acorn on the cob. Wow, he would say, as the butter was dribbling down his rat face, as he watched his minions being torn apart by the cutest hero since Buff Cat, trademark Darnos, all rights reserved. <laughs> You'll never get the gem, the general shouted. I don't want your gem, shouted the captain back. Besides, the captain looked over mid-kill to see a, the giant red gem. 
That's just a bunch of melted lollipops that got stuck together. <laughs> Probably from some kids out in the woods eating candy. <laughs> what? No, no, it's it's a ruby, the general said, doubling down. Look, it has ruby sticks in it. Ruby sticks? <laughs> ruby sticks that got squinted? Yeah, real rubies have these white little sticks in them. That's how you know quality rubies are, right? Am, am I right? Right, right, guys? The general said, looking around for validation. Just then, the ground began to rumble. Off in the distance, loud war horns bellowed. Charge! Shouted a frog at the sewer. Flooded with frog warriors. Oh shit, it's the frogs, the general said. Where's my gun? <laughs> the chaos of battle was the perfect opportunity for the captain to grab his son. And with a Jedi-like leap, leap leapt into the broken pipe and to freedom. As they exited, he saw a ge- the general with a rat-sized gun just blowing frogs away. <laughs> Where the fuck did he get a rat-sized gun from? Derek thought to himself. The next day, Derek awoke to Squeak sitting beside his bed. He had been through heck, but he had survived the butt babies. <laughs> Squeak, he said weak- weakly, your mom was right about the butt babies. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, 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 she soothed him. You need rest. She patted his head and began to step out of the room. As she reached the door, she looked back at her friend once more. I'm gonna marry you, Squeakalik McMurkenstein, she said <laughs> in his sleep, and then let out the loudest fart anyone had ever heard. <laughs> the fuck is going on in there? The captain yelled from the porch. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Oh, so Fucking good. amazing! It's the stupidest thing anyone's no, ever written. Man. I love the never-ending frog rat war coming. Back. Yep. Yeah, it's I'm glad it's never-ending. Yeah. Uh, Yo, Josh, this is this is neither here nor there about like how funny that was because that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. But like, your writing style has become like so descriptive, and mm. like, I I feel mm-hmm. like I'm there. There's like such a there's like a little bit of like poetry to it well i have to up my game because you guys are like real ass writers oh whatever <laughs> that's that's why i have to i've learned I feel i'm like adapting we're all affecting each other's writing pretty heavily mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you guys didn't ever say anyone's cooch smelled like a caesar salad yeah that's so, true uh, and i never will <laughs> yeah we are both pretty deficient in that <laughs> way <laughs> So I'm, um, so, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something here. Whenever you, yeah. uh, well, I don't need to announce that because it's our fucking podcast. But I am gonna say, yeah, you're something. talking. I know it's um, you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm the British one. Uh, I'm gonna say words. <laughs> so when you are telling a story, when you when you get to a really descriptive part, I uh-huh. see one of those kind of like watercolor circular pictures that are in like children's books it's a really weird um visualization i have but like when you were reading and i was like he's gonna put the rat and the gun in and then i saw (laughs) in my head like like a winnie the pooh-esque um (laughs) watercolor rat with a gun and i was like it's gonna be so fucking funny what if what a fucking hilarious juxtaposition (laughs) well that's that's interesting though because like yeah i wanted i mean i was making like a fairy tale right like an old like Ch- like 
children's German ass yeah. fairy tale, right? Where like mixed weird with, mixed shit with happens. a 1980s coming of age film. Yeah. <laughs> Which is our fairy tales for us when when we grew up. But there's a there's an adult level of whimsy to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and that's what I always picture. It's good. Well that's very nice. Thank you. Both of you. That story was so fucking funny. I had to continuously lean away from the mic and cover my hand so you could talk cover my mouth so you can talk. Chocolate rain over here. He moves (laughs) away from the mic when he breathes. Yeah. Moves um, away from the mic to laugh. <laughs> I, uh, when you brought uh, the general in, and he was very Cobra Commander at the start. At the end, he became very the monarch, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, he's the monarch!" <laughs> I was going for more like a monarch, right? Yeah. Just like this idiot, yeah. Right? Like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> And That's like, right. who gives a fuck about rats fighting frogs? Like, who only, gives only a the shit, rats fight right? frogs. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently, the mercenary army that is the spiders also yeah. care. Yeah, they're they're only in it for the gem, the candy gem. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby sticks. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, so so good. stupid. Oh, uh, that is a good mm-hmm. opener. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh god, yeah. I have to go after. Yeah, that. I was gonna say, I was oh, gonna no. say, we've got to go next now. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna take a break uh, to reset our jaws because we get really sore laughing and through these jokes. Yeah, from the laughing. That's yeah. why only yeah. the laughing the, makes our, jo- our jaws Definitely and our throats not. real sore. No, for some reason my O ring hurts really bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we laugh from. I think we need to use more uh, story lubrication mm. next time. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Have you tried Caesar salad dressing? Oh. Oh. We're having a break. We're taking a break right now. Break.
We're back, peeps. We've had a delicious salad with an undisclosed <laughs> dressing on it. And <laughs> and it is time for Mr. Pennington to tell his story, his spooky tale. I don't know. Story how... me, Daddy. <laughs> I don't know how spooky it is this time. Um, the title of my story is The Hunter Hunters. Oh, what? That's cool. I get that. I, t- I get that reference. I get that reference. Things had settled for Kayla S. Hunter recently at Marshall University. The routine had crept back into her life thanks to finals week, and she had lost track of the mystery of the city buried beneath the town, housing an ancient temple to chthonic deities beyond all recognition or understanding (laughs) that was run by a secret cult leader who happened to be the mayor of the town and his secret cult that was bent on the extermination of all life on the planet and their own ascension into godhood. You know, like, that old chestnut. Life finds a way of getting rid of your hobbies. Yeah, life gets in the way sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She'd get to it. Get off her goddamn back. Jesus. <laughs> On this particular Friday morning, she was sitting in her big, comfy secondhand chair in her small, cramped secondhand office, <laughs> grading papers for the end of the semester and trying her hardest to get ready for the next one at the exact same time. That's right, kids. The exciting and fulfilling life of a teacher. All the pressures of corporate work, babysitting psychopaths, and convenience store (laughs) clerk levels of gun danger. Plus, plus absolutely dog shit pay on top of it. It's not like it's shaping the minds of literally everyone who'll ever make decisions for us in the future or anything. It's definitely not the most important linchpin job of our entire society or whatever. (laughs) Sign up today. Fuck you. (laughs) To be fair, Jeff, it's more dangerous than a a convenience. True. Extreme bitterness aside, Kayla looked up from her stack of poorly documented and even more poorly written historical architectural design essays to her brand new assistant across the room. Have you gotten the revisions done on next semester's syllabus like I asked you to yet? It's been three hours. Here we go. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm writing Reader times Kayla Hunter fan fiction right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't had any time. In this one, you and the reader go on a romantic late-night museum trip and end up fist-fighting a super spooky living dinosaur skeleton. Isn't that rad? <laughs> Myrtle Smelly answered back, bobbing her head up and down in a frantic nod to agree with her own statement. All possible, after her little nearly full decapitation whoopsie in her last appearance, thanks to a medical neck brace she had tied off tight around the open, bloodless wound below. She's some kind of weird zombie now or something? I don't fucking know. I don't write this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Are you more in? Are you more of a queening type lady or a pegging type? Myrtle asked, furiously <laughs> typing on her laptop. I don't know what any of the words you just said to me mean. Could you please just do the goddamn job I had to hire you to do for like five <laughs> fucking minutes? <laughs> Kayla groaned out loud, rubbing at her temples with both hands to try to massage the reality she was forced to live in away. It never does work. What job? Assistant Monster Slayer? Because I'm ready to rock right now! Myrtle leapt up out of her seat and began kicking at the air and making those Bruce Lee noises that everyone makes when they're really kung fu and hard. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Look, 
Look, Kayla again groaned out under her breath, switching to rubbing the bridge of her nose instead. The headache didn't go away since it w- it had human form and was doing the pose from Karate Kid on top of a chair in the middle of her office now. But every little bit helped. I just, I just need the syllabus revisions. You're my teacher's assistant when we're here. That's the cover I was forced into so you wouldn't go tell everyone I tried to cut your head off with a sword cane. <laughs> you came up with it, and yet you haven't done any any assisting since you plopped your gross, decaying ass down in here. <laughs> I'm not decaying, Myrtle cried out, offended. She slowly got down on her hands and knees on top of the desk and dangled her foot off the side of it to try to reach the ground, kicking at it futilely for a few seconds before finally gaining purchase with the toe of her shoe. She then slowly and carefully slid off the desk into a standing position. <laughs> straightened her back and dust her dress off officiously. I'm perfectly preserved because of the rituals I underwent when my cult, I I mean the cult I'm not in anymore, was preparing me for ascension. Suspicious. Sacrifice, Kayla corrected, her eyes back down at the student work she was grading. (laughs) Potato tomato, Myrtle snapped back, shoving her hands into her dress pockets. Hey, did I tell you my dress has pockets? <laughs> God. Yeah, about a thousand times now. Kayla didn't even look up. W- well, it does. Myrtle <laughs> said in return, a little hurt sounding. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. A sudden loud <laughs> rapping at the door sent both of them bolt upright, all eyes turning towards it. <laughs> Kayla glanced over at Myrtle, who shrugged in return, which caused her to grit her teeth in raging frustration. You make my appointment appointments, Myrtle. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, Myrtle said back, not even bothering to whisper. <laughs> By the way, some guy has been calling you for like three days now about a job offer or something with an old associate of yours. I didn't write it down because it sounded lame. And nothing <laughs> lame goes into my radical Lisa Frank trapper keeper. <laughs> oh, man. God, I hope he calls back. I'm ready to quit and drain septic tanks. <laughs> Kayla grimaced under her breath before looking back at the door and yelling out, Come on in! It's open! It's gotta pay really well, though. <laughs> the door was flung open then at full force, the heavy wooden structure hitting a metal filing cabinet behind it and rattling against it. In the doorway stood two men. One relatively short, perhaps 5'4 or 5'5 five five tops, wearing a completely white suit, complete with tie shoes and a wide, flat-brimmed fedora which shaded his eyes, all in white. Though he was also wearing a pair of black sunglasses underneath them. He carried in his right hand a cane, perfectly fitted for his size, wide and blunt, with a gem set in its handle, which he leaned on quite heavily. Is it a lollipop? Uh, there's no ruby gem, ruby stick in it, so probably oh, not. Oh, that's how you know. <laughs> the other man was gargantuan, standing easily over seven foot tall or more, and was wearing a strange white veil and mask over his face, which only showed his eyes beneath. Dark black and inky, staring with a sort of malice mm. from within the darkness that was absolutely palpable at a glance. He was dressed in a gigantic brown overcoat, which was tied snugly shut to the point it was impossible to see what else he was even wearing. His (laughs) hands were deeply hidden within the pockets of his overcoat, purposefully. His breathing, slow and heaving, could be visually clocked, almost like a caged animal. (laughs) 
Good morning, the small man hissed out, tipping his fedora <laughs> like even more of a tiny, creepy incel. <laughs> you may call me Mr. Cornwallis. This is my associate, Mr. Nero. The gigantic man, whose head reached above the admittedly huge wooden door frame, simply nodded. Honestly, the completely human gesture was kind of relieving to see from him, given his animal-like glare and countenance. Ooh. Uh, alright? Do you have an appointment? Kayla eyeballed the both of them over. They both seemed human enough for now. She did prop her own cane against her desk within arm's reach, though, just in case. <laughs> I'm afraid not. But you will want to hear what we have to say, I assure you. Mr. Cornwallis grinned, taking a handkerchief from his breast pocket and dabbing around his thick neck. He's you, a Nazi. <laughs> you can spare the time. Now looky here, you little pipsqueak ass runt, Myrtle yelled. <laughs> Damn. As she leapt from the center of the room to stand just in front of them, placing her hands on her hips and puffing her chest out. Ironically, she was looking the guy like square in the eyes because they were pretty much the same height. <laughs> Sorry, short kings. <laughs> short kings. Professor Hunter ain't got time for your horse shit shenanigans, so go online and make an appointment to meet with her that I'll definitely forget to tell her about like everyone else. <laughs> Kayla grinned, sitting back in her chair. Maybe this was a good decision after all. <laughs> ah, the failed disciple, Mr. Cornwallis mm. said, shaking his head ruefully. It would be a shame if it were to get out that you're a few ligaments away from completely losing that loud, obnoxious head of yours, wouldn't it? <gasps> Mr. Nero snorted a heavy laugh from beneath his mask, glaring down at Myrtle as he did. What the fuck? How do you know about that? Kayla sat forward in her chair again, grabbing the sword cane next to her and holding it down behind the desk at the ready. Who are you? Oh, good. You're ready to talk. Step aside. Mr. Cornwallis motioned Myrtle away from the door, and for her part, she looked back at Kayla, who nodded for her to follow his orders. She did, reluctantly but blew a raspberry in his face as he did. <laughs> Got him. Vexing, he retorted. <laughs> Myrtle ran around behind, behind Kayla's desk to join her, and the two men stepped inside the room, the gargantuan Mr. Nero having to bend down under the door facing to fit through. <laughs> the massive man grabbed the door handle with three fingers daintily and pushed it closed with a small click before both men turned towards the ladies. Mr. Cornwallis had a seat in the lone metal chair that was meant for guests in the office and crossed one leg over the other, fanning himself with his handkerchief. We are, April. We are representatives of the acolytes of the third birth, Mr. Oh, Cornwallis God. stated blandly, both Kayla and Myrtle being taken aback by the bluntness. But neither responded, so he continued. We were sent here with an offer, let's say. That's one way of putting it. Mr. Nero snorted a laugh again, but held it back from a full guffaw. Mr. Cornwallis smirked widely at his reaction, but continued undeterred. We've been sent to offer you amnesty from our people. We are a legitimate religion and wish to be retreated, uh, treated that way. <laughs> you and your little dead crony here... He thumbed at Myrtle, who threw him the double bird and hard. Whoa! <laughs> he shook his head. 
your terroristic acts of vandalism, destruction, and religious persecution have vexed us beyond reasoning, and we wish for it to end. We are offering you an out. You can walk away from your investigations and your meddling and leave our good people alone. You can live a happy, normal, fruitful life. We will no longer send our agents to pacify your efforts. If there are no more efforts. He smiled, adjusting the sunglasses on his face. <laughs> Legitimate religion? <laughs> Terroristic acts? <laughs> Religious persecution? Yeah. Are you out of your fucking little mind, you weird-ass, gross little mogwai-looking gremlin-ass <laughs> dude? <laughs> <laughs> Kayla growled out, standing up from her chair and raising the cane in her hand to punctuate each word she said at them. You're a death cult bent on bringing forth some kind of warped, digivolved angel slash Cthulhu mix and killing off all of humanity. You're not fucking Quakers. Are you people even more out of your minds than I thought? <laughs> Misters Cornwallis and Nero exchanged glances, the giant of the two shrugging at the little guy, who shook his head in return. Both looked back at Kayla with even-tempered stares. You misunderstand your situation, Miss Hunter. This proposition is either a friendly parting of ways, or we will rip you limb from limb and devour you piece by piece until there isn't even a drop of blood for the police to find. Mm. Mr. Cornwallis said plainly, without even changing his facial expression. Not that the police would ever do anything meaningful or useful to society anyway, because they're a bunch of pigs. Fuck 12. Hey, cat. <laughs> hey, cat. What the hell? Kayla said, grasping onto the hilt of her cane sword and beginning to yank it out of its scabbard. Mr. Cornwallis raised a hand to stop her, and she did indeed stop this time, trying the old thinking-before-acting thing hmm. that she'd been trying to drive into Myrtle's brain for a week now. Unfortunately, that lesson hadn't quite landed yet, and Myrtle was hurtling over the desk into a drop kick towards the smaller of the duo, <laughs> screaming, Fuck your shit! at the top of her lungs as she did. <laughs> Within the blink of an eye, though, she was hanging upside down, her hair swaying underneath her, and her eyes wide with surprise. The gigantic Mr. Nero's gloved hand had wrapped around her entire calf, holding her five feet off the ground and eyeing her with a look of disgust in his eyes. <laughs> the apostate will cease her pointless, stupid attack, he wow. said in a deep, solemn voice. Mr. Cornwallis looked back to Kayla and waved his hand to motion her to lower her cane. She did as he said, cursing the fact she didn't get a normal teaching assistant who would just bone freshmen and sell weed out of the back of the class. <laughs> Let her go and we'll talk, Kayla said, as sternly as she could manage with so little control of the situation. Fine, fine. He waved his hand over his shoulder at Mr. Nero, who dropped the girl directly onto her head. Myrtle yelped oh, and no. scrambled up to a seated position to frantically check to make sure her head was still attached. <laughs> <laughs> she sighed in relief and shook it. <laughs> Almost lost my head over that one. Oh, Good one. Man. No one in the room even acknowledged her. <laughs> she drooped her shoulders. Maybe she would say that one later again once everyone had cooled down and everybody would laugh. Yeah, that's, that's definitely yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, do it again. 
You see, Miss Hunter, we aren't normal acolytes. We are clerics of the Umbral Born, who have feasted on not only the blood of an angel, but also the flesh. We have ascended beyond the mindless, even beyond the human. We are akin to heaven itself. The liva that will one day become angels. Mr. Cornwallis smiled with serenity as he spoke, leaning back in his chair with pride. We have been chosen for this mission, especially. Mr. Nero stated plainly. Hmm. Mr. Nero and I were ascended beyond humanity very specifically, Miss Hunter. We were gifted with the tools necessary in this bodily form to hunt a very specific prey. That is to say, you. Hmm. We are a new breed, the Hunter Hunter. Cornwallis what? grinned, showcasing a row of shark-like razor-sharp teeth behind his lips. This dude rules. <laughs> you mean like the anime? Myrtle pipes up. <laughs> Causing everyone else in the room to look at her, confusing confusion dawning on their faces. Yeah, it's a manga also. Hold up. The entire conversation <laughs> ground to a halt as she picked up her backpack from the corner of the room, unzipped it, and dove in with both arms to rummage around. Mrs. Cornwallis and Nero exchanged awkward glances, and Kayla tried her best to think of some kind of game plan to get past them or kill them or anything other than learn about another anime from Myrtle. <laughs> or the, or the limb from limb thing, whatever they said earlier. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Aha! There it is! Myrtle yanked a small paperback copy of Hunter Hunter Volume 1 out of her backpack and held it up towards the ensemble. Hunter Hunter! No, no, there's clearly an X in the title. It's Hunter X Hunter. It's not the same. Mr. Cornwallis snapped, feeling his time was being wasted on purpose now. In Japan, you don't pronounce the X in titles. It's like Spy Family. It's not Spy X Family, Myrtle snapped, waving the book at them like it proved her point. That doesn't make any sense, Mr. Nero said plainly. They did call it Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo, though, Kayla piped in, confused about the situation herself. <laughs> Timely no, and relevant. No, no, that's different. It's not in the middle of the name. Myrtle was getting increasingly annoyed, pointing at the X in the middle of Hunter Hunter on the front of the book. <laughs> Why would it be different in one and not the other? Mr. Cornwallis snapped. <laughs> it's a different medium, Myrtle yelled. <laughs> Enough. That's not why we're here. Mr. Thank Nero you, shouted. Mr. Nero. Thank you. Pounding his fist into the top of the filing cabinet by the door, which caved in down to the bottom drawer just from the force. Everyone stopped yelling and turned back to him. Hey, I have important files and shit in there, Kayla screamed out. Or rather, she assumed she had important files in there anyway. Like, the previous head of the department probably put stuff in there or something. (laughs) We will give you one final chance to forget everything you know about the acolytes of the third birth, Kayla S. Hunter, Mr. Cornwallis stated bluntly, or we will kill you and the apostate here and now. While everyone had been paying attention to the loud, destructive outburst of the massive Mr. Nero, Myrtle had silently slipped past the two of them out into the hallway, 
a feat that Kayla only caught the tail end of, seeing her disappear around the corner of the doorframe. <laughs> For her part, Kayla spoke up loud, trying to draw attention to herself. And if I don't, she yelled, grasping her sword cane tighter for effect. Mr. Cornwallis and Mr. Nero exchanged glances one more time before looking back at her. Will kill you? I literally just said that, didn't I? The fire alarm blared to life, startling everyone in the room to alertness immediately. The two acolyte clerics turned their eyes away from Kayla to the hallway just long enough for her to leap onto the desk and bound off of it through the air, unsheathing her silver-bladed sword cane in the meantime. A quick swipe of the blade as she passed Mr. Nero, and she was resheathing it once again in the hallway as she slid to a stop across the way, a wide (laughs) grin on her face. But when Mr. Nero turned to face her, a long gash in his overcoat on his left arm was all that was left. But beneath it, only a small mark across what looked like a blackened carapace could be seen. (laughs) Oh, shit. He grunted a rueful sound, and then turned his gaze to Mr. Cornwallis. Oh, very well. Negotiations have failed just as you said they would. No need to rub it in. (laughs) Kill them quickly and minimize witnesses. Mr. Cornwallis stood up from his chair in the office and leaned again against his own gem-topped cane. I said gem again, in case you missed earlier that I said gem. I got that. Ding, 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 ding. Also, these two guys are the nemeses. If you're too dumb to grasp that one, too, you big dumb bitch. Ding. Not you guys, the the audience. Yeah, it's flyovers. And also, not you specifically, audience member listening right now. You're cool. (laughs) Mr. Nero huffed in approval and turned back to the hallway. By this time, Kayla had gotten back up to her feet and unsheathed her sword cane again. She wondered, why had she resheathed it to begin with? To look cool? But for who? (laughs) It's not like there was an audience of people watching her performance and deciding (laughs) if it was cool or not. That's ludicrous. This is an audio medium. (laughs) That's a twofer for fourth wall breaking for you. (laughs) That's a double fourth wall break. Mr. Nero reached over to the gash in his overcoat and stuffed his long, gloved fingers into it, yanking it back and off of his body in one fluid motion. The fabric ripped away from the force like paper, up the arm and around the back until it simply fell away from his body onto the linoleum hall floor. (laughs) His actual form revealed was covered in black, spiky, armored carapace on almost every inch of his body, the plates overlapping and shifting as he moved, the spikes <laughs> jagged and soaked in some strange purple liquid that seemed to singe the air as it touched it. Lean! Hmm. He's drinking lean! <laughs> <laughs> he threw his gloves onto the ground, revealing blade-sharp metallic fingers, edged along four sides and with a double jagged point at the end of each finger, (laughs) explaining just why he had been so careful not to show or do much with his hands before. And then there was one final reveal to them. One jagged bladed hand grasped onto his veil and ripped it away, revealing a set of double mandibles where a mouth would be, (laughs) chittering and flitting around the dripping, vacuous maw beneath it and a secondary set of red, bloodshot human eyes beneath his own, glaring Hmm. viciously down at Kayla. Now, any normal person would shit and piss and run in that order. (laughs) 
But <laughs> Kayla wasn't a normal person, so she just fucking ran. <laughs> well, plus as well, she's been like exposed to Pavlov by now, so she's seen true horror, right? <laughs> yeah. And Myrtle was just in the room. Yeah, so that's what true. It's very true. Girl Pavlov. <laughs> You see, normally a silver blade not only cuts into one of these acolyte horrors, it also burns at them like acid, usually killing them in a few strikes. But this one didn't even leave a noticeable mark. <laughs> the idea of testing out another strike to see if it was a fluke struck Kayla as perhaps foolish, hence the quick exit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She ran full tilt feeling the thing's breath on the back of her neck as she passed room after room, until finally turning the the far corner of the hall and running towards where Myrtle had ended up. She was standing next to a fire exit with a bright, cartoonish smile plastered on her freckled face. (laughs) Did you karate him to death? She yelled. (laughs) But when Kayla ran past her and she heard the cacophonous drumming of massive footsteps coming behind, she decided she'd ask again later and just go ahead and run herself. She placed one hand on top of her loose head and started galloping full speed after Kayla. <laughs> she got a hold herself. <laughs> Mr. Nero swung one of his massive bladed hands through the corner wall of the hallway, sending a spray of stone, metal, and debris flying in every direction. His leaping chase closing distance, just as Kayla and Myrtle managed to not be impaled by the sailing, ch- sailing chunks of construction material. He roared out a hideous, inhuman sound and slammed both bladed hands into the ground, barely missing Myrtle's body, fortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately for everyone involved, the weight of the rampaging bladed crab monster and his destruction of a support beam and his overzealous attempt on their lives caused the entire hallway floor underneath them to collapse inward, (laughs) both walls caving down after them in a billowing sea of stone, wood, metal, and plaster, a virtual avalanche of building materials that threatened to bury all three of them alive under it should they be caught in it. Damn. But Kayla thought quickly, inspiration like a lightning bolt striking her at just the right moment. Myrtle had just about caught up with her when the floor began to give way, so she just stopped running and grabbed her charge around the waist, holding her sword sword cane with the other hand. The wall came inward towards her like a literal ton of bricks (laughs) with a speed unlike she'd ever seen before. But in the split section where a decision had to be made, she made it. The wall next to her had a window close by, and it was collapsing inward as well. So she adjusted her body and Myrtle's the best she could and jumped forward with everything her legs could give her. She Charlie Chaplin did. <laughs> Bashing through the glass and sending it raining like confetti through the air and sending both of them out into the open and out of danger. Mr. Nero bellowed after them as he was sucked down into the avalanche of destruction and buried beneath the rubble that was once the third floor of the Architectural Studies building. But if you notice, I did say third floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that hadn't occurred to Kayla when her fight or flight said jump the fuck out a window to get away from danger. It's gonna hurt. The momentary elation of not getting murdered by the third floor of a building falling on you was cut painfully short when both Kayla and Myrtle, flailing their arms as best they could and high-pitched screaming, began falling those three stories towards the concrete quad below. Use Myrtle's body. Yeah, land on Myrtle. Bam! Tuck and roll. Crash! Bang! 
Dr. Wiener's patented corn dog cart was crushed <laughs> under the weight of two screaming women who just fell from the fucking sky. We're making even corn dogs. The canopy exploded into a million pieces, and the cart flung off its wheels and onto the ground. Disgusting hot dog water exploding into the uh. air like a nasty water park. <laughs> The small, group of, no, the small group of customers waiting for their corn dogs were flung helter-skelter in all directions with the force. Dr. Wiener himself flying backwards into a gigantic bush and getting scratched to shit in it. Oh, Dr. Wiener. <laughs> there was a moment of silence, only the sound of people scrambling away and the settling of hot dogs on concrete to fill it. <laughs> Holy fuck! Kayla screamed, throwing the canvas canopy <laughs> off of herself and popping back up to a seated position. She looked around frantically, throwing the canopy off further away as she did. Myrtle, are you okay? Did your head come off again? <laughs> if any of the people who had been here when they had landed were still around, everything she just said made them get the fuck out of there immediately because they were dealing with a whole new breed of nut job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's on right, isn't it? Myrtle popped back up, her head slightly askew, but still attached by the slightly busted neck brace that was tightened around her neck. Oh, God. <laughs> Kayla placed both hands on the side of her head and yanked it back forwards with a sickening cracking sound, adjusting the neck brace around the front again. Yeah. You're good. Let's get the fuck out of here now. <laughs> Both of them stood up, dusted themselves off, and ran at full tilt towards the parking lot to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> A moment passed before two familiar figures stood at the gaping hole in the wall where the third floor used to be, staring down at the two escaping figures. Both dressed again how they originally appeared in disguise somehow. It's like moon magic or something. Stop fucking asking. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna. I knew it was moon magic. <laughs> Yeah, no, no questions. Should we go after them? Mr. Nero said, completely unbothered about all the carnage that had just happened. It's unnecessary. We know where they will be going once they make contact. Mr. <sighs> Cornwallis said, dabbing at his neck lazily with his handkerchief once more. It will be a simple matter to kill them then. Vexing, though. Vexing indeed, Mr. Nero stated plainly. <laughs> oh, God, no! Dr. Wiener had crawled from the bush he'd been thrown to and dropped to his knees in front of his crushed, destroyed cart of tepid wieners and rapidly cooling batter. <laughs> tepid wieners! He bashed his fists against the ground repeatedly, throwing back his head in anguish. My cart! How will I feed my wife and children? How will we live? Oh, God, I'm ruined. My legacy. Do they not eat Man. wieners? Eat <laughs> corn dogs. Yeah. Kayla was driving well above the speed limit. <laughs> across the bridge out of Huntington, her knuckles white as she gripped the steering wheel of her old beat-up 1968 BMW 202, the old jalopy barely holding together at the velocity they were traveling. We, uh, we gonna talk about what the fuck happened back there, or... Myrtle said cautiously, trying not to wince at all of the cuts on her legs she was gonna have to live with now, she guessed. Mm. Nothing ever seemed to heal on her anymore, after all. I don't know. I know just as much about this shit as you do, <laughs> Kayla said with exasperation in her voice. 
I mean, well, maybe not as much in some ways and more in others. <laughs> you don't know those two? You were in this cult for a while. Not every cult member knows each other, Kayla. That's like racist or something. <laughs> Kayla launched a virulently angry glare at Myrtle. Yeah. Or, no, like, at least cultist? Wait, no, that's not right. It's, uh, she trailed off. <laughs> I don't even know where the hell I'm going right now, Myrtle. Give me some time to think here. My office is destroyed. If they know where my office is, they definitely know where my house is, so we can't go there. She groaned in frustration, shaking her head. We need, need a way out of... Ring, ring. Oh, no. Kayla's phone began to ring and vibrate on the dashboard. She side-eyed it for a moment and then looked over to Myrtle, who nodded silently. She picked it up, hit accept call, and held it to her ear. Professor Hunter's office, what can I do for you, sexy? (laughs) Myrtle said casually. Kayla grimaced, hoping beyond hope that the practiced, polished way that she said that didn't mean she'd been answering the office phone like that this entire time. (laughs) Okay, look, buddy. How many times do I have to tell you? You can see Professor Hunter when you get an appointment, Myrtle yelled out, (laughs) old frustration bubbling to the surface. I don't give a damn who you are or what organization you're with. Hey, hey! Stop trying to talk over me, Mr. Cold. That's rude dude behavior. We talked about this. Rude dude <laughs> Cold? Give me that, damn it. Kayla snatched the phone away from Myrtle and shoved it into the console, hitting the speakerphone button. That's driver safety, folks. Nice. <laughs> Hello? Miss Hunter, it's good to hear from you again. The familiar voice, underlined with a strange static that buzzed in her ears and caused her to feel a little woozy. It was all unmistakable. Indrid cold, Kayla muttered. I'm pleased you remember me. I'm afraid I'm calling on business this time, however. You see, I would like to enlist your services for a small job in Connecticut. Whitesville, to be precise. (laughs) Cold spoke clearly, though the static beneath his voice always seemed just this close to becoming overwhelming. Well, Kayla looked over at Myrtle, then glanced at herself in the rearview mirror covered in scratches and bruises. You're in luck, I guess. I'm currently looking for some new opportunities and a change of locale. (laughs) Splendid, Cold said with an audible smile. Perhaps we can... Tell her I said hi. Oh, God. Another unmistakable voice cut in on the line, the static disappearing entirely when he spoke, probably disgusted away from him like everyone else. (laughs) Tell her she owes me five bucks from last time. She might fall for that. (laughs) Pavlov Flinch yelled from the background of the call. Please, Mr. Flinch, it's rude to interrupt someone when they're speaking on the phone. (laughs) Cold tutted, the static returning when he spoke. My organization will arrange room and board for you at an inn just outside of Whitesville, a small skiing town called Lafayette. We'll send you all of the pertinent information. Fine. We're on our way, Kayla said, looking over at Myrtle, who was on her phone scrolling TikTok blandly with a bored look on her face. (laughs) God. When she noticed Kayla was looking at her, finally, she did that shrug-head-shake combo, like, what? Then went back to strolling. (laughs) I'm sure we'll be of help. We? Cold said inquisitively. (laughs) 
<laughs> but dismissed it before Kayla could respond. Well, never mind. I'm sure you bring only the most trustworthy into your confidence <laughs> considering such things. Mm-hmm. We will see you soon. Click. The line went dead. Suddenly, the car ride was a lot more silent, partially with the knowledge that they were headed towards something much larger than either of them could fathom, and partially because they both realized they were going to have to drive for several days together and had packed absolutely nothing. Uh, Fucking shit, Kayla (laughs) muttered to herself. (laughs) The end! Yay! (laughs) Road trip! Road trip! (laughs) That was really good. Dude, you. I love those new guys. I, I had so much fun making the nemeses mm-hmm. for this episode. That prompt ruled whoever gave it to us. Yeah, I Dude. think it was, um, it was Squid Ludwig. Okay, Thank you, one. Squid Ludwig. Squidwardly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, it Ludwig was... the Squid Lord, for yep. Rich's yep. story. It reminded me of like uh, Indiana Jones or like, uh, like yeah, kind of like Bond villains. Yeah, the Nazis of, but... turning up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, could, I could definitely see that, especially with Cornwallis mm-hmm. with the sunglasses yeah, and, uh, and the fedora. I liked how they were in the, the one, like the one place the whole time. It was, yeah. it's like a scene out of a movie. It just yeah, felt yeah. very cinematic oh, to thank me. You. Um, yeah. I was wondering if like, I, I had a sort of a strange inspiration for those two. And I was wondering if, uh, you two would be able to pick up on it. Uh, Beaker and Bunsen. No, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a short guy. Who doesn't reveal anything about himself or what he's capable of? Who seems to be in charge of a gigantic guy who's like those a, dogs, who's those like dogs a, from cartoons. No, <laughs> the gigantic guy is like a brute who just like smashes shit up. It's not the dogs from the cartoons. It, Vegeta and Nappa. Oh yeah, oh. I always I always loved their dynamic. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to base the bad guys kind of on them, except I'm going to make them both kind of eloquent speakers. Anyway. Uh, it was very anime. Yeah, it was uh, good. It, yeah. The teeth, that's what got yeah. me. It's like Demon Slayer or something. I can see that. I the... like. I had a great time making those characters, though. <laughs> Nero, great. is um, he from the same program that was making the hybridized monsters a couple yeah. of episodes ago? Oh, uh, no. I, I guess... I, I wanted to make it clear, but maybe I didn't, uh, that Gestalt is not the same yeah. organization as the Acolytes. No, no, no. I was just wondering if somehow he was made by Gestalt. Um, uh, just simply I mean, because like that sort of like double set of eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's like how Cornwallis uh, mentioned that they're mm. the first ones to eat the flesh. Yeah. Of the angel, and this is what's become of them. Yeah. Does it taste like angel food cake? Because I love angel. Angel delight. I gotta imagine it. It it tastes like a pig ear. Oh. Back to that, are we? Yeah, we're back there, baby. Oh, roast beef, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, that was really good. I'm glad that they're all heading together. I like the heading together element of the story as well. 
I'm right. calling it right now. Myrtle, Smelly, and Pavlov together forever. Oh, uh, Myrtle, Myrtle is a college student, and Pavlov is in his late forties. Uh, maybe fifties. So. What? What would that matter to Pavlov? Oh. <laughs> it, it probably won't matter to Pavlov, but I think Myrtle's gonna think he's a gross old weirdo. <laughs> Full Myrtle Jacket. <laughs> okay, now I've got the name of my next title. episode. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh man, that was good. I realized yeah. we only have like seven, ep- like six episodes left. Yeah. And yep. I need to do one more Frankenstein to set something up, and then I need to do uh, like everybody, all the modern characters coming together. Mm-hmm. You guys are like thinking about stuff. Yep. Should I start that? Nah. <laughs> It's worked. It's worked so far. Why start now? <laughs> there, oh, there is one more character to join this group. I hope it's another Myrtle clone. Jeff's, Jeff's going to write himself in like Stephen King writes himself in all his horror stories. <laughs> Beth Bennington. It's the true hero who'll stop the apocalypse. It's Beth Bennington. Ernest Silver Sword. Dude was so cool, he fucked everyone. The, ch- the chosen one arrives, Young Sandwich. <laughs> young Sandwich. Uh, yeah, six six episodes left. It's, it sounds really real when you say that, doesn't it? Yeah. And then we have to figure out how to do a Kickstarter. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, we made a lot of work for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Staring down the barrel gonna... of the gun, guys. I'm just going to assume that that'll get done somehow. <laughs> Josh, Josh mysteriously dies in a fireball and we never hear from him again after episode 26. It's like, oh boy, I can't wait, to get, can't wait to get started on that Kickstarter, guys. Anyway, I'm going to go have a cigarette. I'm just... <laughs> Take my own death. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck yeah. Right, on that pleasant note, we're going to take another break. So we'll be right back. You've had the starter. You've had the main course. Now it's time for your bitter dessert. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is it? Oh, it'll be Why bitter. Did he believe say me. It like that? Believe what me. What the fuck is this bitter. man talking about? Who is this? Scary now. My episode is called "Oh Brother, Where Fart Thou." Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a title I can get behind. It had been a month since the way station, where everyone had been temporarily placated by deep desires intent on killing them, since Lionel had torn them away from their wants and needs. A month since the Technomancer had butchered his two fellow dickheads and taken their power for himself. A month since the Technomancer had stolen Ellie away. Coincidentally, it was White History Month in the Talarian sector, a holiday conceived when the most annoying white factions, overzealous Snyder bros, gamer gators... (laughs) Crypto hawkers, turfs, and the mega fascist, cannibalistic, irradiated gangs of cockroach men from post apocalyptic neo Los Angeles that identified as white. Neo Los Angeles. Oh, and the NYPD, 
getting my A-cab out oh. early this week, bitches. Oh, fuck oh. you, 12. <laughs> Stop and frisk this, and then I show my big old honking <laughs> dick. <laughs> Fucking revs his hog right in front of him. <laughs> in that last 42 days, who said it was a human month? Don't be oh, so ethnocentric, God. people. Lionel, I'm being talked down to. (laughs) Welcome to a rich master story. (laughs) The only thing he's killing this episode is my self worth. It was already dead. Don't Don't kill it. It's already dead. (laughs) It's already dead. (laughs) Lionel had had a lot of terrible days. There was the day Blotch had nearly taken his head off with a cudgel when he had said good morning. The day Grissom had refused to get him a new toilet roll and just zipped up and left him in the stall with his trousers around his ankles. Ugh. Or when Doots and Mookie stepped co- stopped conversations or Ludwig got up and left whenever he entered a room. Or when he <laughs> finally started watching that last season of Lost to figure out what all the fuss had been about and then realised it was going absolutely nowhere and meant absolutely nothing oh, at all. Oh, God. Uh, asterisk mark. Do not fucking talk to me about Lost. I've never <laughs> seen it. Or care about it. Exactly. Have you watched Battlestar yet? <laughs> I've watched more Battlestar than Lost. Damn. <laughs> But, on the ranking of shit days that both simultaneously sucked and blew, on the floor of the Harkalian Ring Diner, home of the double insectoid parasite burger, absorb it directly into your bloodstream in 40 seconds and it's free and lethal. (laughs) As a harvester held him by the throat and brandished a spinning saw blade at him, this was at the top. Well, maybe second to lost. I can't believe you fell for such an obvious fake distress call trap. How does it feel to be this close to death, human? Lionel considered. T- to be honest, I-, I won't have to find out what happens between Jack and Kate now, so it'll probably be a kindness. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. Asterix refer to the previous asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> the harvester with the robotic jaw spun up, spun up the saw and pushed it towards Lionel's neck. I'm going to cut you a new mouth, funny man. Out of nowhere, Tammy Asanto flipped over the booth and slashed up through the saw blade arm, which flew skywards and embedded itself into the ceiling. As the harvester cried in pain, she flung her jokey out. The sock flew through the air laughing and into the harvester's mouth, choking him (laughs) to death. Jesus! A horrible death. (laughs) She pulled her jokey from the dead cyborg's mouth and turned to Lionel to help him to his feet. Jeez, kid, if I'm more useful than you at killing harvesters, there's a problem here, Hajoki chuckled. I thought the distress signal might have been from Ellie. Wait, what? I'm not that much of a burden, am I? Lionel frowned. (laughs) Oh, Lionel. Yes. (laughs) Tammy... (laughs) Tammy put a hand to his cheek and beamed at him as another technomancer charged at them. Tamiya stomped on the floor and the embedded saw blade loosened and fell straight down into the harvester's face, spraying, <laughs> spraying them both with lashings of blood. <laughs> Tamiya rolls. <laughs> the harvester collapsed to the floor dead. But I don't want you to think this is because we blame you for pulling us out of that paradise. This is something completely separate from that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Gee, gee, thanks. I was I was doing the right thing, Tamia. Surely I'm not going to be punished any more for that. Eight harvesters suddenly burst into the diner, one of them clattering into Tamia and knocking the sword from her hand. The cyborgs surrounded them. 
Various implements of death pointed at the three of them. Wait, did that guy... Yeah, he had a vegetable peeler. <laughs> it, was... <laughs> it was either a complete baller psychopath move or this guy had got his upgrades from a bad chop shop. <laughs> baller psychopath move. <laughs> Oh, Lionel, you are a real albatross. Hokey muttered as Lionel raised his hands. The sword was at his feet, and for a second he considered grabbing the sword and having a figurative and literal stab at taking down the harvesters. (laughs) But with Tamiya semi-conscious, he couldn't risk it. He was fond of Tamiya, not to mention he was pretty sure he would have stabbed himself through the face. No. True. I didn't know this place was a buffet lunch affair. The door at the far side of the diner swung open in the breeze and the harvesters turned to see a slim-looking man in the same style of duster and poncho that Grissom wore, his long coat blowing in the breeze even though it was a perfectly still day. Damn. Inside the diner, of course. That's the coolness, blowing the... A a buffet affair? I'm not not sure. (laughs) He flicked his hat up with a finger, revealing a playful smile before pulling a... pulling a familiar silver pistol from his holster. He moved like Grissom did, aggressive like a tiger and graceful like a tiger who had studied ballet. (laughs) (laughs) He spun and shot three bolts of hot plasma that took the heads off each target, then rolled forwards, crossing his arms and unloading at the remaining five harvesters in a swift arc. He pulled off his hat to reveal a face not completely unlike Grissom's, just a younger, less furious-looking Grissom. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Mookie sat, watching Grissom pacing back and forth in the communal space of the Swift Feather as Blotch reclined in a chair. Everyone was on tenterhooks, and the atmosphere on the ship was weighing heavily on them all. Mooks had not enjoyed the last few weeks. They had been angry and twitchy. Not at Lionel, though he was an easy scapegoat. It was the realisation that she was obsessed with destroying the Technomancer now. When she was a hatchling... When they were a hatchling, they thought mm. that their quest for information was well-intentioned. But now, now they wanted the fiend chasing them dead. Where in the buttfuckery are they? Grissom growled. <laughs> <laughs> they should have been back an hour ago. I hope the kid hasn't messed up. Lionel probably traded the shuttle for some magic beans, Blotch said bitterly. <laughs> That's enough, the two of you, Mookie chastised. However we feel right now, it wasn't Lionel's fault what happened to us. We invented those fantasies. We weren't strong enough to pull away from them. We were drawn to them, like moths to... She quickly put the Zippo that she had been playing with away in her robes pocket. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make me feel any better, Mooks. Blotch looked down at the table. I was happy in there. Now this place feels fake and cold. Every time I look at that kid, I want to kill him. Grissom considered, and being he wasn't a great thinker, his response came quick and clumsily. I hate to admit any kind of responsibility unless it's about killing or getting some sweet trim. But but Lionel did us a kindness, methinks. Any Any happiness weren't real in that place. Lionel done did good, did done. Good. The kid's got good <laughs> intentions. <laughs> Can't even compliment him. Ludwig came slivering into the room, a panicked look on his face, and the others turned to face him. The Rhea Grey is returning. It's that's not the voice I normally use for him. 
the Rhea Grey is returning. It's got four laugh signs aboard. Hades sour teats, Lionel. <laughs> Grissom shouted. Grissom shouted as he drew his pistols and marched for the shuttle bay. What's the hubbub in here? Tabor hung down from the shadow in the beams above them. I was having fun mocking Dutes and Heath for watching reality television. <laughs> Heath tilted ahead. I seem to remember you having a few opinions on Creebor the Conqueror's Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) Taper sniffed. That gaseous cloud just wanted to be fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Time to nut up, peeps. We got incoming. Dutes turned her keytar to maximum and started to play the opening bars of Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. In response, her compatriots squared their shoulders and raised their weapons as the doors to the shuttle hissed and decompressed. Lionel walked out first with Tamia and her jokey next. Tamia was deep in conversation with someone following them, talking about her ten most favourite ways to eviscerate, and was up to <laughs> groin up, which was at number yep. two, beat by the banana split. What's the banana split? Straight through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> As the man following descended the ramp, Grissom noticed the boots, the coat, the insignia of his house, the poncho, and then the face of his brother, Emeth. <gasps> I knew it! Oh my god! I knew it! Grissom spun his gaze to Lionel, who returned a hard look, something passing between the pair that no one else could have picked up on. Grissom! Emmeth yelled as he saw his brother, then ran to him and swept him up in an embrace. Grissom was in shock and glazed over at Lionel, another hard stare passing between them. Grissom wrapped a meaty arm around his brother, a single tear rolling down his cheek, which he quickly wiped away so no one would accuse him of being a sissy. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else turned to Lionel for explanation, but Lionel just stared, burning holes in MF. Figuratively, of course, because he's not Superman. (laughs) That's all right, that's okay. I ran for days. The harvesters chasing me. Only one gun. To this crevice. Everyone sat at the table in the mess hall except for Lionel, who had been pacing back and forth as soon as he realised Dutes had given Emma his favourite battle of the planet's mug. And... <laughs> Are you hearing this? Wow, what is that? It's a bass from a car. <laughs> oh my god. I'm leaving that in because that's impressive. I mean, perfect. If it's that if noisy, it's got to be in. It's super cool. <laughs> and Grissom, who leaned against the counter and listened intently. My back was to this waterfall, and I took as many of them with them as I could to scrap the odd hail before I dove off. I lost both my legs. I got them replaced as soon as I got to civilization, which explains the cool Robocop sound as I walk. and had to climb my way back out when I got to the top days later Grissom had bugged out with my other gun probably thinking me dead which I forgive you for by the way brother mighty charitable Grissom flicked his hat in response that 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 there was an amazing story my boy Ludwig whistled as Lionel tutted loudly it'll be good to have another Duke of Laird on the team but where's he going to sleep? And which mug is he going to use long term, Lionel asked. <laughs> Asking the tough questions. Grissom took a breath. Can bunk him with me, I reckon. Got a fair bit of catching up to do. Lionel was incensed. 
When I asked to bunk in with you, you said you needed privacy and that you had a tendency to sleep stab. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone looked uncomfortable until Heath broke the silence. Lionel, it is my understanding that when families need to connect, they need understanding and privacy. Yeah, Lionel, Duke said. Focus up and think of someone other than yourself for a few seconds, will you? Damn. God damn. Are you fucking kidding me? I've been doing nothing else since I woke up at that way station. I helped all of you. I've been trying to track Ellie down for weeks while you've been sitting around feeling sorry for yourselves. Oh, God. Come on, Lionel. Mm -hmm. We we all want Ellie back, but Mookie started. No, Mooks, you know I'm right. None of you have given me any help in trying to track her down. And now we're just moving on to new crew members, trading someone who might not be dead for someone who should be. Lionel stared MF down. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Hallway, you and me right now, Grissom growled at Lionel. They marched out and the rest of the crew were silent until the door was shut behind them. Sorry about that, MF. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's drama or Kelly Bundy's coming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily I haven't wrote another character into the story this one. <laughs> Sorry about that, MF, Hijoki muttered. It's been a tough few weeks for few weeks and Lionel hasn't been treated fairly, Blotch interrupted, by any of us. Still, he shouldn't have taken it out on you. No reason to apologise. Grissom's a hard person to be around. He doesn't exactly engender patience and understanding and knows around him for too long. It'll be fine as soon as Lionel knows I've no intention of taking his place. Grissom marched back into the room, but was too emotionally stunted to notice when everyone stopped talking abruptly. (laughs) (laughs) MF, (laughs) take your pack to my bunk. It's the door with the cool picture of a flaming skull given the double bird. (laughs) Damn! (laughs) The crew have to vote on whether or not you can stay. What, What about Lionel? Mookie sat straight up. We can't vote without... Lionel has agreed to sit the vote out as long as I do to keep his snarkiness and my huge dick energy off the table. (laughs) (laughs) And if I had a huge dick dime for every time I had to do that. MF stood. I thank you all for your uh, your hospitality, regardless of the outcome. He stepped through the door and down the hall to the sleeping quarters, but Lionel was waiting for him, rearranging his folded arms to look meaner. I'm not falling for it, even if they are, you mug-stealing, mentor-taking, dapper-dressed. <laughs> Lionel struggled. Uh, I think the word you're looking for is usurper, Emma or Emmeth offered. <laughs> Don't help! <laughs> Don't help me insult you, Lionel screamed. <laughs> I'm perfectly capable of being obnoxious without help. I learned from another graves, thank you very much. You're far too sweet to pretend to be a badass, Lionel I ain't here to take your place Hell, I like you all too much for that How about we bury the the hatchet? The cowboy held out a hand In my back, you mean? (laughs) Lionel slapped his hand away You're not fooling me, ghost boy You aren't my friend from this day forth You're my nemesis Oh, ding, 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 ding Ding, 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 ding Lionel stormed off, leaving an bemused Emmeth in the hall. The vote had been unanimous. Emmeth was one of the crew now, much to Lionel's annoyance. Tamia watched him intently, worried for her friend. 
She liked Lionel more than anyone else on board, apart from Hijoki, of course. She'd never met anyone so innocent and pure, and compared to her kill-crazy ninja with family issues persona, he was Mr. <laughs> Dependable. <laughs> Everyone's so self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty sure she had kind of a crush on him, but she was too much Ooh. of a bro to act on it while Ellie and he were together. Friendship was a damn fine second for Tamiya Santo. But his hatred for Emif was escalating. Lionel had developed a pretty sturdy backbone in the last few days, shoulder-checking Emif in the corridor, openly calling him Cock Holiday or Wussy James. <laughs> oh, fuck, man! He doesn't need any help! I got him! Petulantly smashing his mug so that neither of them could drink out of it any anymore, and basically goading him into a fight. So when MF came up with a plan to take the fight to the Technomancer, Lionel was already doubtful and a little drunk. <laughs> if a new can see the future, Mookie, why haven't you tried to fathom a way to kill him? MF asked. Mookie looked at Lionel, who shook his head. They were far more alike than either compared were compared uh, than either were prepared to admit. My powers don't work like that, MF, as I've told various others in this group. I get Loose imagery, but I need a tablet from the Mothman Prophecies to properly order and interpret them. And the only tablets I know of were back on Ithia. Doot squeezed their hand. And that place has been cut off to us. The rest of the planet's inhabitants took the longboats to who knows where, but we came through my portal here. There are no Mothman Prophecies in this reality. But there were, MF said. Ludwig scoffed. I might be a simple country squid. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. But are you saying there's an enclave of psychics we can go see? No, they died centuries ago. Wiped out in the Lamplighter Wars. That's so fucking stupid. That's that's fucking amazing. Uh, That's a subtle nod to Bam as well that I wanted to put in the story. Um, Before humans were a mere speck of jism in the galaxy's grand ball sack... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is beautiful, man. This is like fucking Carl Sagan. <laughs> well, thanks, Cock Brown. I left my DeLorean in my other jeans pocket, Lionel Tutted. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Unless you're proposing we speak to extinct prophecies by Ouija board. <laughs> MF tried to ignore Lionel and smiled tersely as he went on. But the gemstones they used to create the tablets... MacGuffinium. <laughs> oh my oh god. god. Oh my god. Also, ding. <laughs> Still exist. On an asteroid in the Terros sector. Sounds convenient, Lion- Lionel mocked. Probably next to the just what we needed nebula, and they're clearly a fucking trap that the Technomancer would know about asteroid field. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Grissom sighed. Why haven't you gone down to get some already? The uh, the mine in town is having a bit of local colour. Not something I could resolve by myself. Some gang or something killing the crews. I thought it best to retreat and find backup. Oh look, a duke of fled. <laughs> Lionel laughed. Oh my god! Li- this is a fucking <laughs> roast! This is Lion- a bloodbath is what this <laughs> is. God, he's already fucking dead, Lionel. <laughs> Lionel laughed until Grissom glared at him. Oh, what the fuck are you looking at, you walking cliché? Oh! oh! 
Oh my god! He's dead. He's gone. He's gone. What he's dead. What is going on? I love this kid. Fuck me, and they call me dark. Tabor whistled, impressed. <laughs> Hijoki spoke quickly to de-escalate the situation. How about we go down to the planet and investigate for ourselves? Obviously, we're split into two teams, one to help the miners and one to retrieve the gems. Blotch picked up her cudgel and pulled Barthor's jerkin back over her wide body. Grissom, you take your brother Mookie. You take your brother, Mookie, and Heath down to the mines. Mookie can identify what we need and Heath can check it for purity. I assume you aren't going to let Mooks out of your sight, she nodded to Doots. Damn straight, Dutes was already tuning her t- keytar. I'll take Tamia and Hijoki, Tabor and Ludwig to the village to try and find out what we can from the miners. <sighs> Lionel, I'm coming. He brought the laser pistol brandished with the family crest that Grissom had given him out the back of his waistband. It's not like I'm helpless now, is it? I'm an honorary Duke of Lead, remember? Gris- <laughs> Grissom seethed and MF turned, shocked that his gun was in the hands of another. You gave him my gun? You were dead, brother. I'm not now. Well, you can prize it from my cold, Cheeto dusty hands. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn American as fuck. <laughs> Emily, or whatever your name is. <laughs> oh, wait. Is it disrespectful to stain the sacred gun of a Duke of Lead with my orange fingers? <laughs> Lionel sucked the Cheeto dust off his fingers noisily, then twirled oh. the gun, then twirled the gun, slipped it into a holster at his waist in one motion. He had evidently been practicing. Come on, <laughs> come on, guys, let's go. I have to get away from the mild bunch for a few hours. <laughs> I I think I know what's happening, but I don't want to ruin mm-hmm. it. But I just want you to know that, that you know that I know. The mining town of Settler's Hook was a dirty, gritty town of simple ways and means. So when a ninja with a sock puppet and a laser sword, a sentient bag of jelly, a shadow assassin, a walking talking squid, and a kid who had made himself a hat and sheriff's badge out of cardboard to piss off Emmeth... I think I'd like to point out again that even though the words boy and kid are being used, this is a grown man. Yeah, it's a grown man. This, this is so fucking funny. Walked into the local this is saloon. A dismantling of a character. <laughs> He's gone full Boimler in this episode. Boimler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walked into the local saloon. You can bet the music stopped and everyone turned around to survey the outsiders. The bar was dotted with buckets of gemstones, all shining a vibrant purple. Were they they just playing Come On Eileen on the old-timey piano, Lionel said. (laughs) I swear you cannot even travel to the edge of the known universe without hearing that song at a gathering. (laughs) Fucking right. I love that song. It's good. (laughs) Blotch nudged him with the cudgel. Listen, mate. I enjoy the gradual degradation of an enemy's confidence as much as the next sentient sack of jelly, but I need to be sure you're over this emeth thing and you're not going to fly off the handle and jeopardise our mission here. I'll look after Lionel. Tamia put a hand to Lionel's shoulder. Why are you all so down in the dumps? I can blend in with the best of them. I'm just like emeth. Lionel announced and marched to the bar to confront a burly-looking miner who was covered in grime. Excuse me, barkeep, do you have a wine list? Preferably something zesty. <laughs> What's a rosé? 
Ain't from around here, are you, boy? The barkeep growled. Tabor slithered swiftly to the bar and pulled Lionel back. Sorry about that. Guy's a bit unhappy because he's lost his soulmate intelligent watch fighting an evil wraith machine and his bounty hunter mentor has replaced him with his long-fought dead brother. <laughs> you know how it goes. The bar went even quieter as that the whisper just... <laughs> you know the story. <laughs> The bar went even quieter as the whispered assessments of the adventurers stopped. Hijoki looked around. Tamia jumped up on the bar stool and sat her crossed feet up on the wooden bar as the barkeep poured them five pints of grog and a bowl so that Hijoki could soak himself in the booze. <laughs> Smooth Tabor, perhaps you can tell the conservative miners we have a non-binary moth on the team and really set us on a back foot with these yokels. <laughs> Ludwig took a seat and wrapped a tentacle around his beer stein. Let me handle this. Could we buy any of you fine fellows a drink to learn about your MacGuffinian problems? <laughs> We're here to help you good fellows, if you'll have us, that is. The bar erupted into laughter, sick despair tinging the sound. We... we say something funny? Blotch tapped the cudgel in her palm. You ain't the first adventurer's lord to the riches of the MacGuffinian mines. We mined that place for nigh on dickety dicks years. <laughs> Maybe it's just my human uh, thinking a month of 30 days. but uh, Until we were warned off, an old miner cackled from the corner of the bar. He whistled as he talked, his single tooth moving back and forth in the breeze of his skanky breath. You ain't heard of the chase, have you? I've heard it's apparently better than the catch, Tamiya said with a wink. <laughs> but then I'd say... <laughs> oh, but, God. but then I'd say people aren't chasing the right kind of prey if you get my meaning. <laughs> You're a funny one, Ninja, but this chase ain't the kind you want to catch. This one's the kind that will turn around and splat you quicker than you can say. Oh, please, Mr. Monster, don't crush me. Too late, you have. Tell my wife and family I love them. <laughs> no? Well, that's just plain ungentlemanly to kill a man and then not a foot inform his dependents. And scene. Inform <laughs> <laughs> his dependents? The mad... The fucking... <laughs> like... What is it? Fucking, uh, what is the word? Oh my god. Go ahead, go. <laughs> uh, the mad old miner bowed flamboyantly. The others looked between themselves, possibly wondering what they had done to be written into such insanity this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but Ludwig slapped his tentacles together slowly, not really knowing what to do. Doots brought her out her guitar and played... Here Comes the Sun by George Harrison to light their way ahead in the dark tunnels they found themselves in. Oh, that's cool. Then reached behind her to grab Mookie's foreleg. Thanks, love, Mookie said, her eyes big. This place is so beautiful. Look how that violet light emanates from the stone. Eyes front, Mooks. Grissom had a gun drawn at the foul smell on the air. Something ain't right here. Robot, can you make yourself useful and scan ahead? See what we're walking into. Heath seemed to think for a second. My actual name is Heath, but I can only assume you are talking to me. He, he obliged. I sense no signs of life, but there are hundreds of huge deposits of the crystals around 20, uh, 20 hundred, 200 metres ahead. Dickity dicks. Dickity dicks metres ahead. <laughs> <laughs> something, something did this. 
Duke said as she stepped over the corpse of a miner. Are you sure you don't know anything about the, ki- the, the things killing these folks, Emmeth? Emmeth turned suddenly at the sound of cracking, but it seemed to be just a falling stone. Nothing other than rumours. Lots of death, no accounts of from anyone living. Shipments going missing. All signs point to some sort of gang of thieves. Yeah, uh, things don't usually go that easy for us, MF. Look, some of these gems glow much brighter than the others. Mookie touched one of the glowing Macafinium crystals and screamed in pain. They writhed on the ground, their forelegs going to their head. Everyone rushed to them, Dutes propping Mookie up into her lap. Mookie, speak to me, what's wrong? The chase, Mookie whispered in reply. The chase. A series, a series of monstrous howls echoed from the far end of the cavern behind them, above them, from everywhere. Back at the bar, the buckets of gemstones shone with a purple light. The miners started to rise from their chairs, picking up their shovels and picks and brandishing them like weapons. The mad old miner rose from his bow, his eyes glowing with the same violent intensity as the Magaffinium. What? Lionel, who had been sitting next to the piano player, singing, singing the lyrics to Grandmaster Flash, Flash's The Message, even though, <laughs> <laughs> even though the tune was nothing like it and in, in no way matched up, <laughs> stopped as the player turned and swung for him. Not a good indictment of your talent, kid. Tabor used an arm to drag <laughs> Lionel away before the musician could get his hands on him. The chase... The chase, the rabble chanted as they advanced. It uh, seems like the locals are revolting, Ludwig said, pulling two grenades from his seemingly bottomless waistcoat pockets. <laughs> have you smelled these dudes? They're so revolting their virginities have grown back. Blotch, b- blocked, a th- <laughs> Blotch blocked a throne pickaxe with a cudgel. Another two miners went to grab, Tam- grab Tamia, who backflipped out of their reach. Don't hurt them. Something's clearly happened to them. They're defenceless. Defenceless? Tabor. Oh, sorry. Defenceless? Tabor turned to her, a pickaxe half embedded in her, his face. How do, <laughs> how do you suppose we fight back? A meaningful hug? A pep talk? Mm-hmm. My clan used to practice the sacred art of Tudashi, the art of containment. Basically, you. A pickaxe came down and grazed the edge of Hijoki, and he screamed as a seam ripped. Ow, just fucking hit them, for God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> Lionel pulled his Duke of Lead pistol from the holster, flicked it on, and shot two of the miners in the kneecaps. How have you guys not seen Terminator 2? Go for the legs and stun them! <laughs> Dude, Terminator 2 rules! No killing. <laughs> the chase... The chase, the miner said as he crawled towards Lionel. The wall of the mineshaft split open as a giant being made from gemstones reached through and grabbed at Grissom. He shot at its fingers and dived to one side to avoid the grab. As the bolt hit the gem giant, Mookie cried out in pain. The giant bellowed in pain too. Chase! Don't hurt it, Dukes cried out. It's somehow linked to Mookie. (sighs) Perfect, Grissom sneered. I think you misunderstood, Mr. Graves. The situation is actually quite perilous. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a dweeb. <laughs> Fucking nerd robot. Heath was beside him, turning his arm into a cannon. He shot blasts at the ceiling, burying the monster before it could fully free itself from the wall. Yeah, it was sarcasm, I think. I'd have to ask Lionel if I used it right. Grissom shook his head. <laughs> well done, bot. As if in response, two more giants came from the floor on the rear wall, pulling the cavern almost shut behind them. 
Emma flipped his brother in the eye. Looks like we're going out in a blaze of glory, Gris. Chase! <laughs> yelled one of the beasts. Doots pointed her kitar at a crop of gemstone and played a discordant note which resonated throughout the cavern. All the gem giants, not to mention Duke Mookie, doubled over in pain. I can't do that again. It might kill Mookie. We want to try and reason with them. Not likely, Emmeth said, levelling his pistol at the hurt giants. We may not have a choice but to sacrifice Mookie if any of us want to get out of here alive. Grissom pushed his brother's guns down, gun down. We all go home or nobody goes home. That's the last word, Emmeth. Emmeth straightened, taken aback. You've changed. Yeah, I don't want to lose another family. Grissom turned to Badoots. What's the plan, Deuce? Lionel to Team Dick Features, the radio squawked at Heath's hip. <laughs> <laughs> you are coming in loud, clear and slightly abrasive, Lionel, Heath answered. I hope your team have some good news because we are likely to be destroyed by some giant monsters made of gemstones. <laughs> I was contacting you guys for help. The sound of smashing glass could be heard over the radio. These miners have started attacking. They're all purpley-eyed and angry and these gems up here are shining just the same. When we tried to hurt the gems, the miners started hurting. There must be some connection down there, some way to shut them down. The key is the gems. It has to be. The crew looked at each other, then at Mookie, their normal black, bulbous eyes shining with a violet hue. The giants were advancing, each lumbering step pulling down more of the tunnels. Stand by, Lionel. Heath switched the radio off. They fucking cut me off, Lionel screamed. Lionel <laughs> muttered. <laughs> He's sassy. Emmeth's probably regaling them with how he single-handedly got all the Jews out of Egypt or something. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel said as the barroom battle gained more intensity and he punched a miner who couldn't have been older than 15. A minor miner? He chuckled oh, at his own okay. joke. Yeah. He chuckled at his own joke. I didn't chuckle at it. You chuckled. Well, I heard that, the chuckle. <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. No prompts because the show's canceled. Uh, Rich might not be returning with us next episode. <laughs> Square in the nose. <laughs> he felt he felt bad because he'd just hit a kid, but also pleased about his not-so-subtle shot at the child labour complex. <laughs> He saved it, he's back. <laughs> Tabor, heads up! He shot three more blasts from the laser pistol, which was running perilously low, and took the legs from under three more advancing miners. Great shooting, kid. Tran Tabor transformed his arms into a dustpan and brush and swept the leg shot miners to the other end of the bar. <laughs> Some Green Lantern shit. <laughs> <laughs> they had built up quite a pile, but the mindless drones still advanced. Ludwig jumped onto the shoulders of one miner and wrapped his tentacles around her face. Chase, she growled. He wedged two of his tentacles in her mouth and pried it open. I don't know if you're asking me for a refreshing follow-up to a whiskey, dear lady. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, how about one of my own special concoctions? Guaranteed to give you just as much of a hangover headache. He forced a stun grenade into her open mouth and jumped back to the bar as it went off in the woman's face. That sounds deadly. Yeah, that kills you. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta yeah. break some eggs. Gotta kill someone, this story. Um, <laughs> Damn, he's, he's hungry. He's blood <laughs> so bloodthirsty, this guy. <laughs> Ludwig, batter up! Blotch gestured with a cudgel, and he threw the last stun grenade to her. 
She hit the orb into a crowd of them, the grenade bouncing between their heads and making random resonant metallic noises like a glockenspiel. <laughs> As it... <laughs> I wanted to Were you use... saving that one, hoping it was a prompt? No, but I wished I had now. As it exploded, our next it... prompt: Glockenspiel. <laughs> it's going to be xylophones or something. Xylophones, like that. yeah, yeah. As it exploded, it took at least ten of them out. Tamia, tired of the fighting, grabbed a bottle of grog and poured it in a wide arc on the floor. Then used the sword <laughs> to ignite it, creating a yes. wide fire barrier. She looked smug with herself until her jokey shook his head. We're in the corner of a flammable wooden shack, Tamia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shitballs, she huffed, a smile instantly vanishing. Well, let's hope the others can find a way out of this. <laughs> Dutes laid Mookie down on the cavern floor and lifted their face up to hers. I don't know if you can hear me, but I need to talk to whoever is controlling these giant... We are the chase, Mookie boomed in an unnaturally loud gestalt voice. You are intruding on our ancestral nurseries. You surface dwellers come again to steal our young, the glowing. Grissom Grissom leaned down. We're not with those fuckwits. We were told that you were mushing them into paste. We are, but wouldn't you be if they stole your offspring? Grissom thought for a second. It really depends. I'm not one for kids, and I think they'd get pretty (laughs) annoying really fast. (laughs) Heath quickly stepped forward. What Mr. Graves intended to say was that he understands your plight and your measured response given the circumstances, but we were not here to steal your children. Emmeth raised his gun. The hell we weren't. We need one of those glowing rocks to fight the Technomancer. The chase reared up, looking to be ready to get start fighting again. Wait, Grissom commanded, and then turned to his brother. Emmeth, put the gun down. Emmeth was panicking, twirling to face his attackers as more chase seemed to be pulling themselves from the walls. We've got to find our way out, Gris. We can't trust them. Emmeth, you either put your gun down, or I put you down. Grissom, <laughs> Grissom, leveled, Grissom leveled his pistol at his brother's head. You'd shoot your own brother? No, Grissom said, before socking Emmeth across the jaw with the butt of a pistol. But you need to go down just the same. We were told your gems could help us. We were told you were monsters, Dootes said to Mookie. But we were misinformed. We wouldn't dream of hurting innocent beings just trying to exist. If you let us go, we'll be on our way. The chase stopped, considering for a moment. We can only let you leave if you cease the other's attacks on us. We wish to be left in peace and we'll destroy every other living creature on this planet to obtain that. We don't have control over them, inbred half-wits, Grissom sneered. (laughs) However... Am I right in thinking that you produce these gems like eggs? Heath interrupted. We do not know about your eggs, Mookie said. (laughs) Do you lay your young, then imbue them with life at a different time period? Yes. The gems that glow are fertilised young, but some do not become viable and are discarded. And what do you do with those empty vessels? Nothing. They are useless, extraneous geological matter. Doot sighed and patted Heath's leg in gratitude and relief. Clever thinking, bot brain, Grissom smiled. (laughs) In the bar, the sounds of fighting suddenly stopped and the fire was extinguished quickly. When the smoke had cleared, the crew heard the groans of about 30 miners in desperate need of knee surgery. (laughs) (laughs) The barkeep came up to Blotch and demanded what had happened and why so many of his regulars were now going to be uh, keeping the town's crutch maker in business for the next year. (laughs) 
He was an artisan crutch maker in a town of intense physical labour. Don't question the details of my story. <laughs> Capitalism works. <laughs> it's all supply and demand. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> that would be down to a fair bit of greed on your part, Mookie announced as she and the others walked through the door, Grissom carrying Emma in his arms. Heath was carrying an armful of inert and wet gemstones, which Grissom, <laughs> which Grissom seemed to be slightly wary of. These gems that you have been mining, those that glow with the intense violet hue, are the offspring of the beings in the mines, and we will need to be taken back. In return, the Chase have offered to provide you with regular deposits of these identical but only slightly less shiny stones. He dropped the pile to the floor. Deposits is right, Duke said disgustedly. Just don't ask what <laughs> orifice they came out of. <laughs> the gem hole. Back on the ship, after a thorough... They came out of their glow wake. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> Give this man a raise. Back on the ship Fucking after a genius. thorough use of the medical regenerator to repair 35 destroyed kneecaps and one 15-year-old boy's nose, <laughs> the ship left the asteroid with a new gemstone for Mookie and a job well done. But all was not well on the ship, and Grissom had a job to do. Though how it had landed, he didn't much know. He marched with purpose throughout through the mess hall, crowded with the crew who were sharing dinner, and into the hallway outside where Lionel was sitting between two deck supports and chewing sulkily on a sandwich. You ready, kid? Grissom said. Lionel nodded and stood to face Graves. Mookie could feel something was about to break as Grissom marched through the mess hall, could feel the tension, the absence of Lionel weighing heavily on her. But as Grissom came flying back through the doors not five seconds later, she knew it was the beginning of the end for their crew. Grissom's face was covered in blood, gushing from his nose. He sat up quickly and roared, having to be restrained by Blotch and Tabor, the table they were eating at overturned. I'll kill you, you little punk, Grissom yelled, blood and spittle flying with every word. Lionel, his fist covered with Grissom's blood, said nothing at all, just glared at him. First at Grissom, then at Emmeth. He walked casually over to the table and slammed the pistol in front of Emmeth. I hope for your sake family means more than friendship to him, because when you lose someone and ask for his help... Who knows what answer you'll get from this coward. Ooh, God. Lionel turned, Lionel turned to Heath. Where's the nearest inhabited sector, Heath? Zacope. There is a station three hours away on our present course. Lionel nodded, then stared directly at his former friend. Call me when we get there. I'm getting off this ship before I grow a yellow streak longer than a diuretic dog, just like the rest of you. God damn! Full on takedown this episode. (laughs) Jesus! He turned on his heel and marched to pack. The swift feather landed on the pad early the next morning, and Lionel said his goodbyes to everyone, brisk as they were. As Emmeth watched him disembark, Grissom stood stone-faced next to him. Tamia pushed through them and threw her bag next to Lionel. "We're coming with you, buddy. No arguments." Tamia gave him a nudge and then subtly winked at Grissom, who gave the smallest of nods. The pair walked into the mass of people on the concourse and were gone, the last the crew saw of them a quick wave from Tamia. Emmeth watched as Mookie and Doot stepped forward too. We've been talking. There's no easy way to say this, but the last few missions have taken us further away from trying to stop the Technomancer, and we're worried that without Lionel, you'll start becoming more aggressive in your pursuit of the Technomancer. Safe, safe bet, Mooks, Grissom said. Then we're going to take the gem and carve our own way. 
We have to believe there's a way that isn't just punching the Technomancer to death, Doot said. We've seen that approach it. It doesn't work. Three of our friends paid the price for that. I won't try and convince you to stay. Each person roasts their own hog. Grissom nodded. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. That's so deep. (laughs) Not observing the confused looks on the faces of the other crew members. (laughs) If you're going, I'm with you, Blotch announced. Wouldn't forgive myself if anything happened to you two. Hallie and Barthor wouldn't wouldn't either. I'm a lover, not a fighter, my dear, Ludwig said. He slivered over to Mookie and took her foreleg and kissed it. I'm a pretty good schemer. I think I could help you. Mm. I know in my head it won't do any good to fight that fucker, but my heart... I want to fight. I want to avenge Hallie and Rhea and Barthor, Tabor said, taking a step back up the ramp to stand with Grissom and Emeth. Blotch hung her head, losing another friend so soon hurt. I think it is useless to confront the Technomancer either way, Heath said matter-of-factly, but... I think a resolution sooner rather than later would be preferable, and I am keen to confront this thing nonetheless. He too stood with Grissom. Grissom seemed surprised that Heath was staying and nodded to the rest of the team. Once everyone had packed what meagre possessions they had, they left Grissom's team and joined the throngs of people at the station. Once the ship and its now four crew pulled away from the space station, Emif moved into Lionel's old room and pulled a small device from the pocket of his duster. His mission had been a success. His divide and conquer plans working better than anyone could have predicted. I knew it. I knew it. With a flick of the switch, a blue hologram of the Technomancer appeared. It's done, my master. The end. No! You bastard! I didn't kill anyone, but I did, you know, do the, next best, the next best thing, right? I took psychic damage this episode. <laughs> Man, Lionel just disassembling everyone <laughs> hard amazing. this episode. Fucking amazing. I mean, he's got a point, right? They haven't tried to yeah. save yeah. Ellie yet. Yeah, this they're all being fucking piss babies. They really are. Like, oh, you took me from my fucking fantasy that was going to kill me. Yeah. Oh, you're a bad it's guy. Called, it's called waking up on a Saturday morning and fucking having a wet dream and then you're in real life. I mean, you can tell... You've all done it. You can tell none of them have got real jobs because that's what I do every day. Pull myself out of paradise <laughs> to join a horrible world. That's right. That's right. Ugh, God. Yeah, that was good though. That I, was fucking I, I like, killer. I like how you just did this though, so you didn't have to write them all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I've got six episodes left, so I can do one with each set of crew now, and then have a finale, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. yeah we'll see. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> uh, you mentioned that this episode had be- had come uh, sort of full circle and been kind of Star Trek, and I really mm-hmm. see that in the resolution with uh-huh. the chase. That was amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Dev- I, I was writing it, and I was like, "This is Devil in the Dark." I'm writing Devil in the yeah, Dark. Yeah, it is very Devil in the Dark. Um, but it was cool. I really wanted to do a gemstone people, um, like like yeah. the resonance of like you hurt the a gem in the cave and it hurts everyone it's connected to kind of thing um so thanks whoever i think that was phantom thief goofus who did gems yeah so, gems was goofus yeah. I, are you sure they weren't lollipop people uh, <laughs> the, uh, none of them had a stick 
It's funny that like I almost made Mr. Nero into like a stone and gem being, but I was yeah. like, that's not scary. It's like a very Ben Ten. I think he turned yeah. into one of those things. Yeah. I always I always liked that show. That was a good yeah, Ben show. Ten yeah, was, was good. a good show. Yeah. It's good. Uh, when they were older and they could like go on dates and they weren't mm-hmm. so like I'm a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like I don't I don't know if anybody's gonna be afraid of a big shiny rock guy. So I made him a crab. Everybody's afraid of crabs. Yeah, everyone's afraid yeah. of crabs. They look weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat. I don't want to get near. I don't want to eat them. Get them. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I that shampoo's expensive. <laughs> Not that Josh would know anything. No, no, no. So I've not. heard. So, yeah. <laughs> My friend says. I can't yeah. I cannot believe you broke up the crew of the conveyance of Grissom Gra- Graves 2. <laughs> Dude, the conveyance of Grissom Graves 2 is a family. We're yeah. a family. Yeah. When um I so Rachel's making me watch the uh, Fast and Furious films because I've never seen yeah. them before. Uh because, you know, I have taste. Uh, and, yeah, uh, some of them are good. Eight. Some of them are super bad. Yeah, well, I think the next one I'm watching is the one where they go to space. So, but um, yeah, it, that'll be when, good. That's a good when one. I wrote the I can't lose another family line, I was like, oh my yeah. God, what am I doing? Yeah. It's permeating my everyday life. It's crazy in those movies how like like they'll get so and so to be in the movie, right? Uh-huh. And then it's like you're in the family in now. The- <laughs> Immediately. My, my favorite thing about the Fast and the Furious franchise is that a character dies in the second one and everyone since has been a prequel because they want to have him in all the movies. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dude. Oh my god. Oh, three is good. Apparently, Fast and the Furious <laughs> Two takes place in 2084. <laughs> just weird that it looks like 2002. Yeah, it's so weird. it comes back around. It comes fashion back around. Fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six episodes left of this year. Are we? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to end this. I, I have, I've sort of got an ending in mind, but I don't know how I'm going to get there yet. I've got I've got a finale in mind. The only problem is I did a story that could have been the finale already. Oh, when you did the yeah. Blood Moon finale. Yeah, when yeah. when the the failed resurrection or yeah. the failed birth of the Umbral Born. Mm-hmm. And Just do the uh do the old uh, Fast and the Furious too. <laughs> have it take place in twenty eighty four. Umbral like Born Wars. Tokyo Drift. Is all weird. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I have an idea for uh, a reveal that'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't spoil the shit. What are you doing? I don't want to know. Yeah, I'm not telling you. I'm you hoping. Know. I'm hoping. No, I do know. Sid and Ugla find each other. I do know what I'm doing. Trust me, he said. Stroking <laughs> <lightly>. his beard. <laughs> hmm. Um. So now's a good time to point out as as well to everyone listening that um after either either immediately after or maybe before the last episode we haven't decided yet we were thinking of doing like a Q&A uh episode like a usual length episode of podcast but a Q&A sort of season wrap up and we don't know if we want to do it I I think it'd probably be better to do it after 
right? Yeah, I think it would be a yeah, good wrap so. up for the season, quote yeah. unquote. It's like the Talking Dead. Or yeah, whatever. exactly, and that's what everyone like. The people in the Discord have been quite keen on that, and they 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 think that's a great idea. But if anyone, what we'll do is when we decide on the format and decide when we're doing it, we'll um, give you a mechanism to submit questions. Now, um, like a computer. Like- <laughs> <laughs> like a carrier pigeon. We will um, not be giving you a computer every week. I'm sorry. Win an iPad Mini. <laughs> That's not true. You're not. We're you're going to give you that. an iPod Nano to see yeah. questions. No, those fucking things are expensive. Yeah, people like them. I guess. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. really fashionable. We're going to give you a piece of paper, a yep. pencil, and an envelope. <laughs> yeah, to- and even then, maybe not. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, six oh six five two. Take a bite out of crime. Um, but we'll uh, tell you what we're going to do in advance. Try if you're going to try and tailor questions. Try and tailor them so that we can all answer them. Um, so you know, like if you're going to ask about a specific character, try and make your character your question also relevant for the other two. Because if it would be unfair if it was just like one person answering all the questions, right? Or, you know, like yeah. one person got no questions. So I don't think that's going to happen. But Everyone submit three questions. <laughs> yeah. One for each other. A ghost ever come out of the wall and spray splooge everywhere? Yeah, exactly. Does, does, do any of these fuckers... Do any of these fuckers... <laughs> ever come busting out of the wall? That's it. That's it. <laughs> but you could you could submit three if they short questions or one long question that we all can answer. That'd be that that's the perfect median for that show. But we'll give you more details about it a when we've decided and b when you know it's it's a bit closer to the time because we don't want you to submit questions if, about the finale and not have listened to the finale yet. Yeah, so, that would be stupid. Yeah. Well, plus it'd be quite nice for us to have a break from writing for a couple of weeks because if we're starting something, yeah, potentially I'm, starting something I'm cool. new, um, I'm cool with uh, like a, a little bit of a break. Yeah. it's it's tough. I mean, my creative juices are just like I'm a I'm a raisin. What did you call it? A spelunky? <laughs> no, a sultana. Sultana. A raisin is a a more dried version of a sultana. I think they're slightly I, different. Slightly different grapes. I love I love a nice snack of a spelunky too. Yeah, who doesn't love a spelunky? Um, Best eaten underground. So yeah, don't spelunky your question load up the wall. Uh, wait until we're <laughs> ah. ready for them. Um, it doesn't make any sense, but all right. it doesn't. It doesn't. I like. I liked it. Um, so, uh, without further ado, it's time to close the book. <laughs> on this week's episode or this week's episode yeah that's right and bring yeah. out prompt this two weeks episode yeah. i don't have prompt bot anymore so. oh who's got prompt bot Je- he went to live with jeff his other dad oh, okay. oh wait hold on there <laughs> oh, we go oh, God. He's dragging his ass out <laughs> of the closet oh it's Can you- push hold up hold up <laughs> <laughs> fucking norman door robot over here uh so can you fire him up please Jeff, he's <laughs> got, got some new mechanisms what since last three years. What the fuck did you do to him? Look, it got a little damaged in the mail. I had to use some of the lawnmower parts from the neighborhood to fix uh, it. You know what? Two birds, baby. <laughs> uh, so the first prompt is. <laughs> 
Concerts by Ostinato, our friend Jace, who I'm, I've given the nickname Merc Monk Taint Sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've had like three concerts. I know. In this story. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Man. It's your turn to get fucked over. <laughs> Shit. Um, and the second problem <laughs> is arm wrestling by Austin we- Weapon Hex Logan. Nice. Uh, so that's concerts and arm wrestling. Those two go together like piss and apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Britishism? Is that British? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that what you it? feed your enemies. It's like the opposite Damn. of bread and salt, right? Piss and apple pie. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, that those would have been good, good prompts. So concerts and arm wrestling. I'm not looking forward to doing. Boy, I don't know no, what that's... the fuck to do about that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. T- I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's our lives, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it. I want to open up WordPad so I don't <laughs> get this. I want to point out as well that um, we had to write these stories this week, which I think are our longest stories because this will probably run to our longest episode yeah. in a week this time rather than yep. two um so we hope you enjoyed them um big thanks fault was that not mine it definitely wasn't yours i went on holiday it was my fault really that's it's right you fucking it's a real fucking ass person bitch bastards <laughs> going on holiday i needed a rest needed to rest my weary old bones rich has a real job so i can't fault him for it honestly. yeah i need i need to get away from existence occasionally or i might hang myself uh Damn! That- perhaps this episode's a little too real <laughs> damn you're always so hilarious rich i'll never do it thanks that's what my counselor says uh <laughs> man maybe I'm time not, for a I'm, new no, one no no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not. um uh so Thank you to Vidizen, as always, for his, the use of his music uh, for our theme tune. You can find out all about Vidizen at vidizen.card.co with two R's. Not, uh, not Co's not with two R's. That would be stupid. <laughs> Card is with two the R's. The fuck are you talking you about? Al- <laughs> you always nail this. You nail this part every time. I do. Man. One day I'm going to get it good, just in time for the season finale, and then we're going to have a break from it, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to do You're shit gonna again. You're um, going to forget. If you want to suggest prompts, submit prompts to PromptBot and uh, listen to our uh, other podcast, which we need to record an episode of probably soon, mm-hmm. maybe next week, uh, you could head over to patreon.com slash brosbeforepros and you could donate some money there, become a patron of us, and then you have access to the Discord you can suggest prompts. For more money, you can listen to our sidecast, um, redesigned by committee, where we take a IP and we just spitball it and try and make it better, or you know sometimes worse, dependent on the property. <laughs> we never make it worse. We've, we're, no, we're we the, always make it better. With yeah. with a humble stilt skins. So um, yeah. You can also, if you uh, are a patron, you can get your name in the book for the Kickstarter shudder that we are going to produce mm-hmm. at the end of the season, and you'll have hopefully, and we will be forever in your debt, but not actually. So head over <laughs> to keep Patreon. that in mind. Yeah, 
yeah, that's a caveat for <laughs> you. Bad in mind. Um, so patreon.com forward slash. Oh, it's not forward slash. It's just slash Bros Before Pros. Uh, Josh, would you like yeah. to tell anyone about what you've got cooking at the moment? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, just go to the Patreon and let me buy pizza after the show. Yeah, Josh is always buying food after the that we record, oh, and he tries. Fucking hungry. We, Josh, we, is, Josh is always sustaining himself with food items after this podcast. <laughs> what, a, what an absolute cuck having to eat food with. <laughs> you need to learn always... how to photosynthesize, you bitch. <laughs> you little bitch. But you always get good sounding food and i'm just about mm-hmm. to go to bed <laughs> oh well it's it's different time it is so like, different. It's having, like 11 I'm having, I'm having homemade chicken tikka masala Ooh. oh for fuck's sakes I had now nothing. i want that i had butter chicken yesterday it was good oh, oh my nummy god. nummy oh my god um, oh my god <laughs> so yeah uh josh anything else nah nah all right <laughs> jeff <laughs> Uh, if you need any information about this podcast and links to any of the stuff we've talked about mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, way to review the podcast if you're a fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you can head to brosbeforepros.card.co. That's B, the number four, and card with two R's. The, all the links you'll need are there. And I even added uh, some fun little bios for each of us that have They're really good. They're really good. The revamp of the uh, card.co is really good. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's a really difficult interface to work with uh-huh. in any but, way. But it looks Besides, great now. Whoa, I'm going through a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? it Where'd did, it go? Jeff did the M-Class one as well. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. No, it's what? mclasspodcast.com. We've had it for like two years. <laughs> Philadelphia's own laughing guy. That's me. <laughs> I, love, I love Philadelphia's laughing guy. <laughs> Just, yep. Number one laughing guy. Look at this. These are great. They're great, aren't they? If you want to look at them, go to the site that Jeff said, because I can't be able to repeat it. Brosbeforepros.card.co No. C-A-R-R-D. Yeah, but not C-O-R-R at the end, like I said. Core? (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Are you... Are you British? It's late. It's late, man. I'm tired. Core blimey. Oh, very good. Wake the fuck up. Um... Uh, yeah, if if you want to follow us at Twitter as well, oh, I wasn't that wasn't oh. done, bitch. Okay. Fine. Do Fine, don't take a breath, just keep going. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Rich is right. You should follow Bros Before Pros on Twitter while it still exists. It's yeah. at Bros Before Pros. Um, of course, check out M Class Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about it, it's a Star Trek podcast that Josh and I host, where we uh, talk about and review episodes. Of Star Trek in cool um, collections based on ideas from our listeners, and uh, Rich is going to be on the next episode of that Chain of Command yeah. Part One. Uh, they're free guests, and I'm the one that people are least excited about by the sounds of things. So, oh come no. now. Well, I'm excited about it. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to have you on. Yeah, I I'm love the, you. I'm the best. I'm just I've been than me. I've, I've been a host of that podcast. I'll have you know. Yeah, you are great. Yeah, 
That was when Jeff was dead and we cloned yeah. him and got new Jeff. Yeah, we had to. Wait, we had what? To bring him back. We had to bring him uh, back from well, the dead. What was that last bit? I mean... <laughs> You're not a clone. Uh, what? <laughs> Strange thing to specify, but all right. Uh, <laughs> why would you even think that? Shut up. You're wrong. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington and uh, my art at jeffpennington.art. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Masters Rich. I have another podcast called Toon Hounds. You can find out about that at Toon Hounds. Um, and I've got another one called at, uh, it's at Upon on Subspace, which is a comedy drama that I write with some friends of mine. Um, yeah, it's all TGOS. coming up. TGOS.cool. Cool. It's all coming up Millhouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Josh is uh, at... Henderson, nineteen eighty three. <laughs> he had his chance. Yeah, I want I people it. to follow no, no, Josh because no, no. he's good. cool. I blew it. I don't even tweet anymore. We, uh, yeah. Your so... name is Bosch Benderson. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Bo- really Bosch Bling Blongerson. Everything's stupid except I, me. Although I can't say anything, my name is Young Sandwich. On you did exactly what I did. I was like, this site sucks. I'm just, fuck it. Fuck whatever. For whatever. some reason, I get a lot more engagement as Young Sandwich than I do as Jeff Pennington. That's I don't know why. The kids, the kids love those yeah. goofy names. Yeah, better Young Sandwich than old Jeff Pennington. True. Yeah, it's true. Although we're older, so we can't really say very much. I'm, yeah, I think I, I'm the oldest. I haven't tweeted, only by a few months, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll but I'll fingers. die a few months before you. Nah, That's how it works. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Depends on if, yeah. how this next story goes, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a fun episode, guys. Yeah, I had a but great time. I, yeah. I good, loved it. As always. Uh, it's our yeah. longest one, though, so we're going to wrap up now and we're going to say uh, goodbye to you all and tune in next week for some arm wrestling concerts that are definitely going to blow your little pants off. Damn, my little pants? Not my big ones? No, your little boy pants. For some reason, we're all wearing little boy pants. Angus Young schoolboy outfit next episode. (laughs) Guys, Uh, we love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, sluts. Bye.